I got Dude. to be. <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> I thought you were going to cough up a lung. <laughs> He's trying to burp the alphabet. Yeah, he got to see. You're yeah. so classy. Yeah. And just, You're uh, a classy broad, you are. It's that class act. This is a guy who has candy cigarettes. We're classy. Uh-huh. He's got to get his from. daily intake of beef gelatin. Yeah. And sugar. He should get... I'm surprised Barry doesn't get his daily intake of beef another way. Uh, lame. <laughs> lame. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, At yeah, least one person didn't think that was lame. <laughs> I, and you know what? what? Zinger's on you. Well. You don't get to judge what's lame or not. <laughs> what the fuck is that bullshit? <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, that was lame. I want to see. I want to see. If you get a good zinger on me, I will acknowledge it. Yeah. And give yeah. He you usually a goes nod. points. <laughs> points. Also, <laughs> fuck you, but points. Uh-huh. You know, hey. <laughs> and that was lame. Uh huh. I want to see him in a medieval torture chamber. Well, so do I, but a whole different reason. Yeah. No, I want it for that reason. Oh, okay. I want to see him go points. So that's and fuck you. That's what we need at the con. We need like an Iron Maiden. Yeah. Excellent. You know, and it'd be filled with like feathers. So the feather cl- maiden? Yeah, so when we close it, People they wouldn't like, want to go in there. They get... Yeah. No, oh, that would be an, I, that would be an awesome... That. That'd, the, be, that'd be an awesome that slot on the they, wheel. The slot on the wheel, the feather maiden. No, no. Iron Maiden, and they have to sing like at least one line from an Iron Maiden song. Oh, yes. That's what? 10% of the people that are there yeah, might yeah. know one? No. I don't care. That means they all fail. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- that would only work if we actually had an Iron Maiden there. Our get, you can get one of those. There's little us. models of them that are super cheap. You just put one on the table. <laughs> but they no. can't use it. They the whole. That's not the point. It's just yeah, it's no. There. That, that's it, the threat of it being used. Yes. Right. Cardboard. It's like, like you it, can make it, a life size and then it comes up to Iron Maiden, and they're like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna have to go in the Iron Maiden," and we go sing a line from an Iron Maiden song, and they're like, "I'll just go in the Iron Maiden." <laughs> <laughs> I think the spot should be cattle prod, and when they <laughs> land on it, we fucking cattle prod them, and that's the there end of go. it. There you go. And then yeah. we yeah, but really then we'd have to buy a taser. Well, we'll have them sign a liability. <laughs> well, waiver. we could actually yeah, so the, the cattle prod. We could actually then pull out a stuffed cow and like prod them. <laughs> cattle <laughs> prod. Hold on, I think that's actually a funny idea. And I might actually have one. A stuffed cow. Yeah. I thought maybe you said a cattle prod. No, it's a cow. <laughs> So you know, dude, if Deb had a cattle prod, be, you'd already yeah, know. Yeah, I was gonna say you would know by now. So if we, she need had a, a cattle we need an prod. actual cattle prod with no batteries in it to threaten them with, and yeah. when they land on it, then you poke them with the cattle. J- just have it sitting there, and we reach for it, and then we go under the table, grab the grab cow, the cattle, and, I, oh. and then they win candy. They, they I actually one, like this. Is idea. there one where you like you poke someone and it'll go moo? They do have moo. a. It's a. It's no, a that's joke. you. It's you just a go joke. Moo. <laughs> moo. Moo. They do moo, have moo, one. Moo. It's a joke cattle prod. When you when you touch a person with it, it just vibrates to make it think they're getting shocked. I. Uh, it just goes. Uh, uh, <laughs> sounds like it has other uses. We should look well. into these things. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, we're we're not talking about the thing you found in your parents' uh, night desk that one time, Jeff. Oh no, Jeff. That was just. Uh, that's a cattle prod, Jeff. <laughs> For all the cattle that we have. <laughs> 
that's the standard Kansas response. No, son, that's a cattle prod. God damn it, Luann. I thought I told you to put a lock on that drawer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kansas, guns on display, dildos and lockup. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 697. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Cattle Blar. <laughs> and Deb. We're here to talk week and geek. Uh, first of all, I want to say, everybody, good job last week. How have you known? This the first time in all of Geek Shock history. You didn't have to edit the show? Where I had absolutely no input from beginning to end. Didn't write it, didn't record it, didn't edit it, didn't post it. I was free and clear. Wait, and you didn't post it? So what the Barry hell happened? Did. Barry did, yeah. Barry? What the Barry hell is he doing posting the Hey, I'll have you know that for a good <laughs> all of my entire life, Todd has had no input whatsoever. <laughs> and I've done okay. <laughs> Well, okay well, is a okay. relative for, term. Yes. Okay, for the most part. Yeah. So, so a little little tear of joy as Aww. as 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 you were I, all, all's grown up. As you all's grown up. There you go. We're all grown up. So, we're like, all grown up. You're gonna like retire after uh, episode 700, or you know? No, he doesn't live linear. TBA. <laughs> <laughs> but I was uh, a little ill last week, and so didn't want to spread that to everybody. And we appreciate that. Uh, yes, indeed, and uh, and I feel sorry. I know Microscope was in town last week. And, oh uh, yeah, I know. And I, I blew that. Sorry, too. I didn't get to meet with you, but I didn't want to make you sick either. But uh, but next time, got you. Yeah, he's gonna oh. be out, and he's gonna be out later this uh, year, I think. Good, 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 because because uh, I felt really bad because I really wanted to meet up with him. But good job, everybody. Uh, but now I'm back, so the structure has returned. Oh boo! <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Now, before we get into the show proper, uh, we have some things to give away. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save the awesome thing for just a moment. Uh, but we actually have two minis to give away. Not one, but two. two. Yes. Um, uh, you cannot be serious. Kofi Deb uh, indicated when she uh, joined me. our Kofi yeah. ages ago. Deb. Yeah. Kofi Deb, not yeah. Red Card Deb. Uh, that uh, she wanted to, uh, uh, she wants to support the shows, but not interested in any of the extras. I did put her in the drawing. She did win the Electra Mini, uh, but when I reached out to her, she said, "No, give that to another Shock Monkey." And so here we are. Uh, so we're going to re-give away that Electra uh, to our first choose. So uh, go ahead and and spin that cage of doom. Courtesy of the Yi Fang Toys Factory, I'm going to need some music. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I can't tell if I'm a kingpin or a pauper. All right, and it the winner is Asia Shockey. Asia, Asia Shockey. That's what I said. <laughs> you said Asia. A-J-A. -A. That's e Asia, right? E. E-J-A. E-E-J-A. Asia. 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 Well, you won. <laughs> she won. She's a big winner. Yes. Winner. And he's now the winner of having Todd murder pronunciation of your name. Every time. Just like in the regular. <laughs> I am consistent. Yes. Yes. And I have another mini giveaway. Finished the Lando Ooh. Calrissian. 
And so let's give that away now. Gonna need some music, Jeff. Uh, all righty. And that is Adrian Kirsch. Adrian Kirsch, you won the Lando Calrissian. I'll be reaching out to both of you to figure out where I need to send these. Good on you. So the next mini I haven't chosen yet, but if you're interested in winning one, you can learn more about it on the Kofi, ko-fi.com slash GeekShock for more information. This deal is getting worse all the time. For tier three for winning a mini. Or higher. Or higher, of course. And, but, a little extra something special this week, monkeys. Indeed. And uh, Barry, take it away. Uh, now, tier two and above is eligible for our mystery prize. Amazing prize, guaranteed to be amazing, maybe not. Um, but this one actually is amazing. Every so often, we get something just that knocks it out of the park. And we've got one this uh, this month. Courtesy of Kingvald. Kingvald, oh. thank you very much, sir. Wow, okay. Yes. Kingvald, thank you. And, and wait, what is it? Well, I'll tell you as soon as oh. I draw. Oh, okay. I'll tell you as soon as I draw. What is it? I need some uh, music, Jeff. <laughs> We're overtaxing the jukebox. <laughs> hey! The winner is... Oh, well, look at that. It's the Microscope. Oh, how awesome. Yeah. Microscope, you win a Baldur's Gate 3 key. Holy shit. And a digital... Bundle whatever the fuck it is <laughs> from Wait, our thoroughly it, prepared giveaway. Your memory, Miss Price. Baldur's Gate notes. 3 and digital deluxe content on Steam. You're getting the keys, my friend. Thanks to wow. King Wow, I'm, I'm freaking jealous. I know. I'm kind of jealous, too. Oh, my God. Can and now Microscope's like, I got to get Steam. <laughs> keys to the gate. <laughs> Congratulations to everyone, and uh, we'll move on with the show. So let's get into what geeky things we did this week, and I'm going to start, as always, with Deb. Hey. Okay, so um, watched a few things this week. No new books to bring up because I'm still working through the ones I've talked about. So um, I caught Class of 09 on Hulu. Um, technically, it's an FX series, limited series, but I've watched it on Hulu. It caught me the first few episodes. It was very intriguing. And then it got way too formulaic. And you could tell exactly what was going to happen. Oh. And it was disappointing. Because the premise the premise of the show, Class of 09. And I liked the style of what they did. But um, it's an FBI class of 09. Okay. So it's all the people oh, the in the show are in the, F in the FBI. Yeah. Okay. Graduating class of the FBI. Of 09. Correct. Okay. And the way the show works is it jumps in time throughout every episode. So, um, and it tells you current day, which like the first few episodes is 2023. And then past is when they're in FBI Training Academy in 09. And then future was 2035. And it walks through different things that happen with these uh, colleagues that go through the FBI Academy together. Uh, Con Quantico? Quantico. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And um, the big, the big, like, bad, you know, thing that they're dealing with, the whole miniseries is AI. 
Oh, okay. And, um, you know, how that develops and what they do with it to try to improve uh, investigative abilities for FBI personnel. And so it was very intriguing. And I really did enjoy the first few episodes. I mean, it's a decent show, but by the time you get to like episode five, you know exactly what's going to happen. And like every episode just gets to, it's almost like, I think the original pitch was like two or three seasons. And then they said, you're going to get a limited series with eight episodes. Go. And that's what it feels like. It's like <laughs> the first couple episodes are, are setting things up like they would in a normal season. And then it just starts rushing through everything. So it was, it was disappointing because it had, it had a lot of potential. Um, but when you can see the formula. Yes. It's like, oh, I guess I'll watch it just to make sure it ends the way I think it's going to end. And okay, yes, it ends the way I think it's going to end. All right, great. That, that matches up with some of the resu- reviews I've read of it where it said it starts strong but then kind of yeah. fizzles out. And that's exactly what happened. It was like episode four. You see it for the first time. You're like, what the fuck? Like, I knew the like how they were going to end this episode from minute five. You know what I mean? And so it was just disappointing. Cause Is that a problem with how they structured it because it's um, one of those shows that jumps in time. If no. it didn't jump in time, would it have that same problem? Uh, I think it would have, yes. Hmm. And I think it was mostly to do with the topic because um, like, the whole thing was focused on AI and FBI. Like That was the whole thing. Um, and then their interaction you hmm. know, with it and the different experiences of the different cadets because you have a couple of women, um, a black man... And one of the women is Middle Eastern, and so they're dealing with a lot of that cultural stuff. And then it's the AI. You know what I mean? That's like the temperature of the show. So anyway, it was disappointing because it had a lot of promise, and I did enjoy the first few episodes, and and then I just kind of petered out. Yikes. So, um, and something else I watched recently that I really enjoyed is on Disney+. Plus: American-born Chinese. American-born Chinese. And I know, obviously, it's aimed for young adults but you know it's me i like young adult stuff and um i really enjoyed it it has a few bigger name um asian actors like michelle yao's in it and um ben wong and yi yang yang chin han kihu kwan jimmy Liu, and sydney taylor and it goes through, it's like, a high, it follows a high school boy. Some people will know those names, okay? No, we're laughing at Kirsten because he can't just help whacked ourselves. his hands but so hard. You, you might have heard a little tongue, and that was Kirsten just absolutely hitting the nerves in his hand in a really bad way. And he's making these faces, trying to hold it in from screaming, and they're hilarious. Got I'm it. laughing at you, my friend, not with you. So. Fine, I'll scream next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but it follows a, a teenage, a high school teenager, um, and kind of, you know, him trying to find his way in high school, and he's a nerd, and what group does he fit in with, and and then comes along this new uh, Chinese immigrant that the principal assigns to him because he's the only other, like, Chinese student in the school, and, like, so it has a lot of stereotypes in it, uh, but I think that's kind of the point because it's aimed at U.S. audiences, and it is trying to shine a light on things like that. Um, so I know there there have been some comments out there about how it is due to like it does use stereotypes and, and things like that, but I think that was kind of their goal. 
because of like the audience. That's the point. Because of the main audience. And trying to highlight those those things and, and behaviors and, you know, high schoolers being high schoolers and et cetera, et cetera. Because we all know how fun and wonderful and great high schoolers are to each other. They're very warm and cuddly. Oh, ob- 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 yeah. Oh, I was actually talking about Kit here. <laughs> anyway, wah, I really enjoyed wah. it. It does dig a little bit into, you know, Chinese mythology. Talks about the Monkey King and... Um, like the whole fourth realm and heaven and all that stuff. So it is really interesting. It's definitely uh, fantasy, but I really enjoyed it. And I definitely think they're going to do another season, or at least I set it up for another season if they get approved for another season. So I liked it. I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. And then we no actually then. watched The Flash, the new one. The, the movie, The Flash. The movie. Yeah. Yes. Eh. <laughs> really? There we go. I, I liked it. Um, I liked it too. I do think at it some had t- moments. sometimes he was a little too over the top, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? A little uh, too Ezra? Yes. A little too Ezra. A little too Ezra. Um, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And definitely the fan service regarding some of the characters and, you know, all of the, the people you get to see throughout the film was very, I liked it. I really yeah, enjoyed it. A lot of, lot of surprise cameos yes, in there. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Um but, oh, God, the CG. Really? There's so, a lot. so everything I've heard about the so, CG, there were some issues, huh? Yeah, it's, there's so it's, much it's of it. It's not as clean either as some of the ones we've seen recently. So, so DC much. already addressed this, and, you know, take it for what you will. It was an actual artistic choice. They tried to make the CG look DC comic artist art style. So they wanted it to not look like realistic CG. They wanted it to look like... Something stylized. Something stylized, like out of the comic book. They were trying to take kind of the the Spider Man into the Spider Verse route, but still have it look like the characters. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, uh, the vast majority of the audience was just like, "Oh, this doesn't look realistic," and that was the point. It wasn't supposed to look realistic. But why is it got to look shitty? Again, it was an artistic choice. They, they were trying said, to they were see trying, comic art. They were trying to make it look like comic art. Shitty is a choice. Yeah, it's it DC is. comic art. Clearly. Oh, there we go. I know. There we I go. Did. That's for you, Steve Z. And I hear Steve like, why you? Somewhere no. Somewhere out there. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I got what they were trying to do with the CG, but I can also see how a lot of people would be upset with it because we've been batted over the head with you know, CG in movies as of late. You and mean decent well, you mean CG. Last, like, well, even that, that's the problem. Like, you've been, we've it's been, too good. Well, we've had good and we've had bad. And that's the problem is that you can't seem to have one or the other or like a mix of both. You just, it's either really terrible CG throughout the whole movie or it's really good throughout the whole movie. There's, there's not a lot where you get both unless it's a Marvel movie because they subcontract out so much of the CG work that you'll get like three quarters of the movie is great CG and then a quarter of it's like, eh. So anyway. Yeah. So, I, so The I Flash, really you liked it. it. I did. Yes, I did. Like I it. liked it too. Eh. This guy didn't. Well, it's Barry. Well, we it's know Barry, how yeah. Barry feels about DC, so. Mm. It's not just that. He is beyond ridiculously picky when it comes to entertainment I am choosy uh-huh. because my entertainment dollar needs to be stretched. And choosy and my, mothers choose Jif. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I, I thought you was Gif. 
<laughs> you could do it the right way. Shut, Shut up. up. Yeah, you're a choosy mother, too. <laughs> you eat uh, Peter Pan peanut butter. Nothing wrong with Peter Pan. And drink Donald Duck orange juice. Okay, there's something wrong with there's that. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> that it's pronounced. That Peter was going Dan. too far, Barry. That was that was a step too far. <sighs> go, go drink your RC Cola. There's nothing wrong with there's RC Cola. There's nothing wrong with RC Cola. It's gross. It's not. It is not. Uh, to be fair, I haven't had an RC Cola in years. Exactly. So. I'm gonna make you drink an RC Cola now. Go drink your President's Choice. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I forgot where the hell we were here. Fine, <laughs> Geek and Geek, Barry. Oh, that's right. Hey, we also watched that other, the, the one, the movie that we watched. What ah, was it? The Thing with the stuff. Um, oh, the, the Thing. Wait, cloned, Deb watched The Thing? They wow. cloned Tyrone. The Thing with the stuff. They cloned Tyrone is fucking It is fun. fun. It is very fun, that movie. Um, it's on Netflix. John Boyega, who played Finn, uh, yes. Jamie Foxx, and uh, what's her name that played Monica Rambeau? Yeah, she's in it, oh, too. Oh, um, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Anyway, they play, respectively, a drug dealer, a pimp, and a hooker. And they're in this town, much like, I want it reminds me of St. Louis. Uh, it, it's, it's downtrodden, and it's just, it, it's very much like a black exploitation film in the beginning. But strange things are afoot when dude, like, gets, I'm not ruining anything here. Dude it's gets in shot trailer. and dies, but then he's there again. And then he thinks he sees himself walking down the street, and then he gets picked up by a black SUV, and then he's like, what the fuck? Comedy or not? Oh, super comedy, oh, yeah. dude. Like yeah. sci-fi comedy. <laughs> like black dynamite level of black exploitation no. comedy? Or no, that, that is a high bar. That is a very high bar. That's, That's why I'm asking. Bar. But it's up there. Okay. It's up there. Jamie right. Foxx is just, just eating it up as this pimp. He's super pimp. It's great. It's a good movie. It's Fun. Saw the preview. Have to have to admit, my wife and I were very intrigued. Oh, watch it. Yeah, you'll like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Good to know. I'm yeah, looking forward. to I don't want to give too much away because it's a like it's a fun going with the story. You want to see it as it happens. You don't want to hear about it first. But All yeah. right. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good movie. Barry. Fuck you, Jeff. What? What do you? <laughs> what you? Do? No, you know what? I'm taking that back. Oh shit! Primarily because I really didn't do much other than that, and I only played like one game for uh, Xbox Game Pass: uh, Neon Abyss. Have you have you got this yet? Have you he played dances. this? He dances in this. It's game. a little game where you dance, and it's a, a roguelite side scroller uh, where you where Hades contracts you to kill all, all like the new gods and you and you go into this bar this neon lit bar where there's a that type of dancing and you just you go in there and you dance and you get a, an achievement if you sit there for 30 minutes and you just you just let your character dance that's all there is to with dancing anyway you jump in the abyss and you shoot a bunch of guys and you level up your guns and you level up your character and you get these eggs and you hatch them uh you don't have to do anything like feed them and pet the brushes the pet uh, brush the horse's hair it's based on how many shit. people you kill right just yeah, for the eggs hatching yeah yeah it, it's fun i've played neon abyss it is good it, yeah. i really enjoy it i i'm having a lot of fun with it so if you have xbox game pass go play it yeah otherwise i didn't have any time for any geeky stuff planning for this convention a uh, lot a lot of work a lot of work how are we going to humiliate our fans yeah a lot of work Jeff, how are you going to humiliate our fans? Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> so I is it? <laughs> I did not get to mention last week. Uh, 
just because I had already brought too much to the show at that point. Um, so back in July on the 16th, 17th, and 18th, there was this massive uh, Disney collectible auction. Oh. Uh, the auction was the Joel McGee collection. It's the largest privately held collection of Disneyland and Disney World props, models, costumes, posters, etc. And there was this big auction that was taking place and they had the whole collection. Well, I'm sorry. They had a giant store in a mall in LA that was displaying like a third of the collection. Like there was more to the collection. But this amount that they had displayed was massive. Darren and I got to go see this collection in person. It was like a little mini museum. It, it literally was like a mini Disneyland museum. And oh my God, it was amazing. I mean, you're talking uh, original sketches of what the park is going to be laid out like before any concrete had ever been poured Ooh. all the way up through like modern day uh, sketches that were done of the park as it stands now. Um, posters that haven't been seen by anyone outside of this guy's uh, friends seeing this collection in like 50 years. I mean, this this thing was amazing. Um, he had animatronics that he had restored. Uh, they had uh, he had a little dis uh, display of some of the birds from the Enchanted Tiki Room set up with his own little mini display. Um, he had one of the original, the trio of the uh, the hitchhiking ghosts from Haunted Mansion that had been removed, and he cleaned those up and restored them. Had them so in a little mini display. So you're telling me is he was a thief? Uh, no, he oh. ac apparently acquired all of this stuff through completely legal means. Uh, in the old days, Disneyland used to yeah. discard stuff when they would refurbish a ride. Like, they would literally throw it away. So... You know, people would definitely dumpster dive and, you know. <laughs> Get an animatronic. And then later or... on, Disney got wise and started auctioning some of this stuff off. If it was in condition to do so, yeah. Exactly. And um, and then, they of course. Repurpose where they can. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, he acquired through other legal channels. But it just, it was an amazing collection. I, I think we spent like three or four hours just walking through and looking at everything. I mean, it was just amazing. I took... Literally, like, over 200 pictures of this at this thing. And, I mean, it's just, it's great to have it and great to have seen it in person. I don't think I took 200 pictures when I went to Comic-Con. Yeah, I know. That's why I, I just, I was taking pictures of everything. It was just crazy. But had such a good time seeing all this stuff. Uh, you know, concept models before anything had ever been built. They had a concept model of Tomorrowland uh, made out of uh, that, that old paperboard where they would make um, those models. So they could move things around and say, well, what it would look like if this was over here instead. And just incredible. It was an incredible collection. So they should have put a little more time into that so that they could figure out how can we make Tomorrowland not suck? Tomorrowland <laughs> and Disneyland doesn't suck. It's Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom that sucks. What's the difference? It's based. So this has been my always my biggest pet peeve between the two, between California and Florida. Florida has broken up all of the good rides amongst the four parks so that they draw people to the four parks. Whereas in California, 
for the long, you know, until DCA was built, they only had one. So all of the good stuff was in one park. And so stuff that is in Tomorrowland in California is not in Tomorrowland in Florida. It's in other parks. So yeah, because it's in like Star Tours in Hollywood Studios. Yes, it yeah. is. Uh-huh. In, in Florida. Okay, Star Tours, that's one. They never built Rocket Rods, which, I mean, yep. it sucks. Let's be honest, yeah. that ride never had. Well, it was it, it was the original well. People Mover, so. Right, they still have People Mover in Is Florida. it as bad right. as Autopia? <laughs> that is the boat. worst ride. Original Disneyland had the boats, and for those yep. of you, oh, I missed the boats so much. I was so I never upset been on when the they boats. got rid of them. I never got to see them. I only saw them in pictures. Well, uh, we did them um, because, you know, I grew up there, so right. I have quite a few memories of do, being able to do the boat, the motorboat. So they were like Autopia, but they had less of a track, and it was an actual motorboat that you got to drive like on an Autopia track in water. It was awesome. It was so cool. And um, Wait, and that was like the third version of that. The original one they had like no boats path, with a probably. motor yeah. that you just drove with a steering wheel and there was yep. yeah. no path. You could, you could literally yeah. go backwards if you yep. wanted and to and people, Bar- they caused so much trouble. And then Barry was born and they had to put a kibosh on that before he got go- old enough to drive one. So <sighs> yes, they had to save people from themselves. Yep. Jerks. But yeah, no, um, Tomorrowland and Disneyland is better. Than I mean, even Florida. Disneyland needs some updating. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, know, I know does, it's in the but... plans, but like every few years, they have some grand plan to update Disneyland's Tomorrowland, and then it always gets shelved. So, well, no, there. I mean, they did in the. So when I was in high school in the late '90s, I remember going because we had passes, annual passes, and I remember a couple of years of going to Disneyland and having all of Tomorrowland be walls. Like, you could get into the stores, and you could get in like with a little like break in the wall, and you could ride space mountain and other than that there was walls everywhere because they were redoing all of it that's when they moved the rocket ships mm-hmm. so i don't know if those of you remember wow. they used to be like up on top above where the people mover was and yep. it was amazing because the views you got when you're totally up was awesome and then they moved them to the front entrance of tomorrowland which sucks and they're super low now and it's annoying because weren't you like almost 100 feet in the air when you had oh, it was, the it was really when you high. had the rockets like all the way at the yeah, top when it, it was, was on really top high. of yeah like best views in in because uh, the base Disneyland. the base started at the same level yeah. of like which was like space 50 feet in the air yeah, yeah something like that and then um, that's when they Maybe also seven. did Rocket Rods. They took out people who were yep. did Rocket Rods was that same time period. That is when they re-released Cats and EO for it. And I missed that so much. I got to see it. I was very oh, I was very surprised because it was underneath uh, space, uh, space Mountain. We saw it so many times when I was in high school that I could I at one point could do every single song by heart with nice. the mo- with the motion. It was amazing. I loved it. So great. W- would you mind demonstrating now? Would you not? <laughs> <laughs> But I remember the the like the evil queen at the end. She always reminded me of the Borg queen because, mm. you know, the, the cabling and all yeah. that stuff. Um, anyway. But yeah, so the late 90s was the last time they did a huge overhaul of Tomorrowland. Right. And I mean, it's it's been 24, 25 years. It's due. It's due. I mean, it's definitely it's supposed to be the park of the, you know, the land of the future. Right. So they need to make sure that it stays kind of that way. I know the one in Florida, it's just wide open spaces, a lot of metal trees, and a weird smell of ketchup. What? Ketchup. But it is where Tron is now. So, at least there's that. The light cycle ride is in Tomorrowland. See, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Is that that enough to put it over the top to be good again? No. No. It it needs (laughs) good theming. Ah, which Tom. is which is a weird thing to say about Disney. I know, right? Their theming is usually on point. Except well, it's because Tomorrowland is like the only land that is not really super Disney. 
Um, it never has been. It's always like when it was originally, when the park was originally, you know, built, it was more about looking to the future development and technology and about showcasing things that are coming, which was why World Showcase, you know, was a thing. And, um, and they would do new exhibits and new like cars of the future and all of these things all the time. That was the purpose of Tomorrowland originally. And, you know, when kind of the same thing I bring up about DCA. So I was Disney's California adventure. I was on the opening cast crew. Um, and the park, everyone drink in 2001 versus the way the park exists now is night and fucking day. It is a totally different park. They Massive com- overhaul. They completely themed it now. So it is Disney because before it was California with the Disney flair. And it is now 100% Disney. Like all the rides have some kind, including like San Francisco now is rethemed San for Francisco. Big Hero 6. Yep. And everything in that park has a Disney theme. And that's kind of, you know, the last 30 years. That's where Disney has gone. And for most areas of their parks, it works. They can fit it in. Fantasyland, it makes complete total fucking sense. Like you can't do Fantasyland for yeah. Disney without it being all of their cartoon movies and stuff. But how would they retheme Tomorrowland? So, I mean, you think future stuff, me, I well, think Blade 80s, Runner, Kowloon bullshit. The you know? 80s was probably the first time they did a huge push, which was Star Tours, right? So they put in Star Tours, which was a huge science fiction, Star Wars themed, you know, and it brought, it gave a more specific type of theme. Which doesn't make sense because Star Wars is in the past. Oh. But it's to the future for us in technology. I, I think they got it right when they designed Disneyland Paris and made that whole kind of Jules Verne-esque oh, style. So, that would be yeah, cool, a little was, steampunky yeah. kind of thing. Space Mountain in Disneyland Paris is amazing. There it's it is. So cool. If they redo Tomorrowland, they should totally do a steampunk thing all over, even though steampunk's kind of decreasing in Tokyo, popularity. They have a Jules Verne-themed restaurant, I believe. It's like a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea-themed restaurant. Is that in Disney Sea? It might be, yeah. Dude, they have a full... Uh, Nautilus walkthrough. Yes. In uh, Tokyo, Tokyo and Disneyland, Tokyo Sea, uh, Disney and Sea. Disney Sea, and it's it's a full size Nautilus, and they have I think it's the original organ from the movie that's in there, and yeah. uh, it's it's crazy. I, I've I've seen the the walkthrough videos of it. It's yeah. it's amazing. Jeff knows. But his you're organs. talking about you know parks that so like Disneyland Paris has only been around thirty years maybe. I think they just turned thirty. And Tokyo Disney was built in the early 90s, late 80s. Someone's late, correct well, me. the, the Tokyo, Tokyo Disneyland was the 80s. Right. Um, but Disney Seas. Was the early 2000s. That's wasn't early it? 2000s, 2000. yeah. yeah. It's, it's not even. So you're talking about parks that are way younger yeah. than the original Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, you know, 50, 50s and 60s, 70s, 70s, 70s. And someone's going to correct me, it's fine. Um, so they, I think, had more license to do a new flair on old classics. Um, plus, of course, they're in different countries with different cultures, and some of that stuff is a lot more artistic and is a lot more um, doable without criticism from yeah, you know, I mean, staunch Disney fans. Well, in Tokyo, Disneyland is a whole different thing, oh, yeah. too, because oh, yeah. it's owned by the Oriental Land Company, and they tell Disney what they want in the park and then the Imagineers make it happen. Well, and and think, then they pay right. Disney to have that stuff built. So so it's a yeah. little different as far as the management, but um, it, it also kind of allows the Imagineers to, to, to do things that they probably wouldn't necessarily get to do with the budget constraints that they would have out here because they almost have carte blanche when they're doing stuff in 
in Tokyo because of the way the license is set up. But really, you know, Tomorrowland without Star Tours in California, it just has Space Mountain. That's, you know, really the yeah. only thing that's really has to offer. And Metal trees, concrete, and ketchup. Well, that's in, ma- that's in Magic Kingdom, not Disneyland. Buzz, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters it's is... old at this point. It's old, and it's not that entertaining anymore. And there's the worst ride ever, the, the thing for tomorrow, uh, the tomorrow... Oh, the Carousel of Progress. It's a great, big, beautiful that's tomorrow. That's been shut That's, well, as they had a version in... I like that. A long, long time ago, yeah. yeah. but it's been shut down for decades. Tomorrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. They had when Keep they going. redid when they redid Tomorrowland in the nineties they yeah. they put innovations in there. Yep. And so they were reusing the the circular huge auditorium three story building for innovations. But right. They closed that, I don't know, ten, twelve years ago, something it's like that. More than that, I think. They but had it open yeah. for like special events for a while. Yeah. I mean it's basically it just a dis uh, a Disney Star Wars shop now. That's mostly what it's used for. It's also a uh, uh, a DVC uh, lounge area. So if you're a DVC member, like that makes sense. last time we were there, Darren Disney and I got to go in club. and uh, and Thank you know hang out in the in air the air conditioning, yeah. and we got free sodas, free coffee, Epcot free snacks. It was kind of nice. It was like it was the airport lounge of Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. But everything in there was free. Like they just kept giving us that's, stuff. That's what airport lounges do. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I've not done an airport lounge, so I didn't know it was all free. Oh, dude, do it. <laughs> we did, yeah. It's, if you have a long layover, it's worth it. Um, nice. We did one. I think we had a. It was like a four-hour layover. Yeah. Oh it's my totally god! Worth it. Totally worth never, it. Never. I will never schedule a layover like that. Oh, we didn't schedule it. It oh, just happened. It just happened. <laughs> Yikes! Jeff, what else you do? Uh, so I went and saw Oppenheimer. Uh, I am a big Christopher Nolan fan. I I love the way he shoots his movies. Um, I love the types of cast he gets. Like this was a literal A-list all-star cast. Uh, I mean, you know, headlined by Cillian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer. Killian. Uh, Killian, sorry. I always get my... It's, it's pronounced Ajashak. My Irish pr- <laughs> pronounced... <laughs> gay. Murphy. Pr- pronounced my Irish wrong. Jif. Excuse me. My mom would, would be so disappointed. Uh, uh, Emily Blunt as Kitty Oppenheimer. Uh, Matt Damon is in there as General Leslie Groves. Uh, I mean, the, the list literally goes on and on. And then there's some surprise cameos in there from other big name A-list stars that I don't want to spoil the surprise. But um, it is a three hour long movie. So be ready for that. Um, it's beautifully shot. I mean, the color palette, uh, the framing. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, from a historical standpoint, I know you can't touch on everything, but they did leave huge chunks of Oppenheimer's life and how uh, the Los Alamos laboratory got developed. Um, My biggest gripe was there were a lot of women scientists that were part of the, the team that they basically condensed down into two actual historical figures, um, which I, I thought was, kind of not a good representation of the types of diversity that Oppenheimer had on his team. You know, the one of the things that annoys me about a lot of historical movies is mm-hmm. that they there is this attitude of, well, you know, they wouldn't have had any women on their teams back then, so and it's yeah. just like guys, 
No, they did. It's just yeah. like it's just like yeah. the, the moon mission. Yeah. You know, NASA and it's uh, that's just why like, I loved Hidden Figures because yes. that's but the closest to, you're gonna it, get. It, it's irritating yeah. that you have to have a movie that's specifically that. about that yeah. to get it as opposed to just historically represent it. Yep. It's, uh, like what are you what what am I getting passionate here? Is that what this is going You do on you, man. I got you. Okay. Yeah, you um it's just like why? Yeah, you know, and, I know. And, and, you know, that would be because I remember Fat Man and Little Boy. Yes. Right. And which is another good but very condensed. Very condensed. The only women there is uh, the Laura, nurse. Laura yeah. Dern as yep. the nurse. When was yeah. that movie made? Uh, uh, early 90s. 90s. That probably still has something to do with it, too. Well, well yeah. it, you know, but it was just and but, you know, still, it's just like. Just. Show the fucking history. I still remember talking to someone who had seen uh, Pearl Harbor and, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character in that movie. Uh, he jumps on a... Uh, and, uh, gun. And, and, yeah. and and it's really funny because this person's like, they would have never let a... back." And, you know, he wasn't being racist. I'm doing air quotes. Mm -hmm. He was talking about how racist they were because, you know, when the Japanese are attacking and everybody's dying, they're still going to make sure a black guy doesn't get on the gun. And he was stunned when I said that actually is a true story. Yeah. And the guy was posthumously given a medal of honor during the Clinton administration. And, and, yeah. and, and it was just like, just, just you know, it, don't you even find that shit interesting when it pops up and it's like, oh wow, that's not how I would have figured those people were at all. One, of, it's it's fascinating that you say that too because one of the most interesting quotes I ever got from a veteran was talking about how, you know, when there's downtime, the bigotry you know starts creeping up and how you treat anybody. But as soon as the bullets start flying, nobody is a racist. You don't have time for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You you know, you have to trust the guy next to you and it doesn't matter what color that person is yeah. or what part of the country that person is from. I mean, from. I could see a couple guys, right? Everything's yes. going to shit. Right. And a black guy walks runs up and he's they're just like, "What the hell?" But, you know, overall, most like you said, if everything's going to hell, yeah. you're, you're just too damn busy to care. Unless yeah. they're a furry. I don't like furries. <laughs> well, furries, <laughs> you know. Bronies. They're the ones. Uh, okay, the list is getting big there. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Oh, oh we but, know that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see, I and mean. Todd. Uh, part of the reason I bring it up is because. Furries, bronies, and Todd. People don't like. Oh, my. Part of the reason I had initially brought it up is because, you know, Nolan is usually big on proper representation in yes. his movies and i just i guess i was just disappointed that yeah that you would condense an entire gender representation down into two scientific figures right within that out of a total scientific yes. population yes exactly yeah yeah um but otherwise it's it's a really well, fascinating devil's movie. advocate maybe they didn't have enough screen time for everybody Dude, they squeezed enough people into that movie. They could have at least put a few more characters in. <laughs> well, it's, right. it's funny too because Barry's talking about a three-hour movie. Oh, yeah. They didn't. Have I time. I also oh. didn't like where they didn't really because this is only something that people in the general public are really finding out now. But when they built the Los Alamos lab, the government basically took. 
people's land yes. from them to build it. Oh, they uh, eminent many of them, the, yeah, the hell out of that area. They eminent domained it because they were all a bunch of ranches. Yeah, and there were a lot of uh, Hispanic landowners out there because they had been forced further and further west. Now these are actual U.S. citizens born and raised in yes. the United States that earn enough money to buy land out there, and it was just taken from them, mm. not given adequate. Uh, compensation right. for their land. And then because it's such a remote place, we're given jobs as kind of a quote-unquote way to try to make it up for them, but we're only paying them pennies on the dollar. Sure. So those those are a couple of things that I would have and liked to see. And gave them too. Yeah, yeah it's it, very dangerous I, I could I could totally see them driving out there and being like, well, is this remote enough? I don't know. Who owns it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're... Were, were well, part of it, ranches? I mean, it's, to be fair, they had lots of ponies. Part of the reason they chose the area of New Mexico they did was because Oppenheimer had actually had a ranch out there. So he was already a landowner out there. So he was familiar, wow. he was familiar with the area. What the W-T-F. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't like anybody out there. Uh, it was no, nuclear. No, no. I mean, it was established during wartime, too, yeah. right? So yeah. they, they had special powers yes. that they could do. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. They oh, could, yeah. They that's could. that's yeah. what, yeah, when Kirsten yeah. said they eminent domain the fuck out of it, yeah. he's not wrong. Like, they literally took that land and did not give them any Yeah, you're supposed to get fair mar market value. Yeah. Of course, you know, this will, in the future, become a very, very important uh, government uh, R&D facility. You can't exactly say that because you know, even though the fair market value for that is going to, yeah, it it it. Uh, um, I like that Oppenheimer's just like government guy walks up to him and goes, "I I may have a project I need you New Mexico I got a ranch out there okay, <laughs> all right we'll you're you're not you're not far off from the historical uh -huh. significance because uh, he would he did say it's very remote. I'm familiar with the area. When they asked him, where would you put a lab? <laughs> and he's like, well. Next to my house. Yeah. It is, there's plenty of room yeah. for us to do testing. Well, so next forth. to the the ranch house where I'm banging Florence yeah. Pugh on the side. Yeah, well, yeah, he was a bit of a womanizer. That is for sure. They didn't go fully into depth on that aspect of him. because no, that's part of the six-hour cut. <laughs> Oppenheimer is a very complicated individual. I mean, I've read enough about him in uh -huh. the past. So, I mean, there weren't a lot of historical surprises as far as the way that Nolan represented mm -hmm. him on screen but well the book that yeah. it uh had the that the movie drew a lot from is yeah. uh apparently selling well now yeah and it, it, there is a specific uh, book on his, his biography for him uh, yeah the, yeah i mean Go Dwight. see it. It's it's a beautiful movie. Just be aware that it is yeah. a long movie. Dwight Schultz in Fat Man and Little Boy yep. played Oppenheimer. Very, very good performance. Yes. You totally like, this is Murdoch? Yeah. Wow. Okay. He, um, yeah, it was very good. The only other thing I want to mention is the Star Trek... Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks crossover. Oh my god, it was amazing! Is a must see. I <laughs> oh mean, my god. I've I it, I don't watch a lot of Trek twice. I've watched this episode twice because it is so good. It's so well done. Um, I was very very impressed with it. Um, mm -hmm. Is it go the see it? Best of both worlds. <laughs> oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to start smoking so I can put one out in your there's, eye. <laughs> there's a lot of Easter eggs in there, and that might be one of them, Todd. Um, but yeah, uh, oh my God, definitely see it. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely see it soon. There's there's only a couple of references from previous episodes in the season, so if you want to skip ahead, you won't be missing much. But I, catch up I highly that. recommend being caught up on both uh, Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds before you watch it. That's I like that it was written sort of like a Lower Decks episode. Yes. Yes. The pacing was faster. I yeah. love that. <laughs> that's the scene where it's like, do you notice how they talk slow? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are the eyes so squinty? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, that's all I got. Well, as far as what I did in my extended time away, I'm not going to go into all of it, but there's one thing I want to hit really hard. Before I do that, want to put it up there. All Kofi members, every single tier. Episode four of King's Dilemma is up. Uh, see what the children of the last generation did and how they <laughs> can't curb their spending. So find that. Enjoy it. We like nice things. Uh, we like to make nice things for the, the country. That yeah. Fuck we up look the country. Things. <laughs> things to make us go. Uh, but I got a wonderful surprise uh, by watching Evil Dead Rise. Really? Evil Dead Rise? If For all of you out there were like, mm, I don't know. Because I'm one of them. I kept looking Evil at the trailer. Dead thing. This doesn't seem deadish. Looks scary. Um, it's really good. It's super good. And th- all the way through and through an Evil Dead film. It, it, it hits all the right beats. It has just, just the right amount of camp. But not so much that it overshadows the absolute intense horror and gore that this movie contains. Uh, Barry, I think you'll really enjoy this. Okay, I so will watch it. next time I travel, you should watch that. It's the best Evil Dead film aside from Evil Dead 2. Okay. Yes, better than Army of Darkness, better than Evil Dead 1. Army of Darkness is just funny. Yeah. It is. And it's in, I don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. It's great. Not a horror but, bit about it. No, but, I mean I've seen that one, so yeah. Yeah. No. But this, oh, Deb, you would hate this movie. This this <laughs> There you go. This is an unrelenting horror film. Once the horror begins, it does not end until the credits roll. It is it gives no time to breathe. It is there to slap you and slap you hard with green goo. Wonderfully, wonderfully done. Okay. Mm. Done by the same director that did uh, A Hole in the Ground. Uh, that was his big uh, first horror foray. More of an A24 kind of joint where it's the more uh, cerebral horror kind of thing. Kind of a changeling story. Not like cheap jump scares, right? Uh, a Hole in the Ground? Uh, or are you talking evil? Well, well, let's talk about both of them. We'll All right. Uh, I, frankly, either and, and none. There's no cheap jump scares. There's jump scares, but they're not cheap ones. They're yeah. not. Oh, that was just the cat. No. Once yeah. the once the thing starts punching you, it then puts on spiked gloves and does it again. All right. Oh, okay. It's a fantastically intense film, and the first Evil Dead film that my wife has ever seen. Whoa! Really oh, fun and. How have you not rectified this? Well, here's the thing. My wife does not like to watch movies I've already seen. She wants us to to experience them together for the first time. So whenever I suggest a classic or something, she's like, you've already seen it. Let's see something you haven't seen. So uh, I, that's how I was able to get this one in. 
Sounds well, like a mirror a... image of some other annoying movie-watching person I know. I mean, there's such a long list of things you haven't seen, so I True. mean, it Let's seems see, like... A... See, this helps. Yeah. Uh, but... You, Barry. Me! She found it scary, <laughs> intense, and absolutely loved it. So much so, I'm like, after that intensity, there's nothing in the rest of the Evil Dead storyline as intense as this movie. Mm. Anywhere. So now, do you go right to bed after that, or do you watch like a palate cleanse? Oh, I think we uh, we got so we were so impressed by it that we went down the uh, uh, down the rabbit hole of that director. We watched that night everything he's done: oh, hole wow. in the ground, his short uh, Ghost Train, all of it. And then we watched a, a anthology movie that had Ghost Train in it, and wished we hadn't because it was terrible. So I'm not even going to say what that movie was, but. We enjoyed that film so much that we wanted to see everything the director did. That's how good it was. Wow. So if, if you've been afraid of Evil Dead Rise, Evil Dead fans, do not be lovingly embrace it because it will embrace you with six of its arms. Oh. Uh, by the way, Todd, from now on, I think it's a mandate that we should rate horror movies on. How much would Deb hate this movie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, I, on a scale of 10, 47. Yeah. Wow. No, I was going to say how how much of her eyes are covered with her. Uh, no, I don't cover eyes. Oh. I watch and then I have nightmares for weeks. And yeah. I nice. sleep. See? Yeah. That's, that's cruel, that's, Jeff. Yes. This so, so the new rating is number of nights she has nightmares. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, how many nights? How many nights is she going to go with nights? Sleep? Uh, the, the total is uh, scale of 1 to 10, 7. 7 years. <laughs> Oh wow! Seven, Seven years, years of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. No way. Yeah. How uncomfortable is Barry's life going to be if she watches it? Oh, <laughs> get punched in the middle of the night. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> Kay, what'd you do? Uh, my life's been shit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, Moving uh, on. Um, I wow. actually, uh, I've been very busy this week, and I've been too exhausted to actually try anything that I would like to try. Um, I've been there. It happens. Last week was even worse. That was when the AC was giving me trouble again. And I spent a lovely couple of days and couple nights in the house while it was 95 degrees. Kit was yelling at night. Dude, yeah. you have an excuse not to have to do anything geeky this week. You got yeah. people well, coming to live and you got to rearrange yeah. your whole geekdom. And for geeks, we have a lot of shit. Yeah. And I, I have a lot. I've got... 200 some odd banker boxes piled in my old TV room right now because I cleared out my storeroom so that Steve could uh, get a room there. Now, <clears throat> actually, that's a good thing because this room has gotten out of control because I just haven't dealt with it since 2017 when I did a major rearrangement of stuff to start renting the other rooms because actually kind of like all three of my uh, additional bedrooms had become storerooms of one sort or another. So that's actually been good. I actually discovered one banker box. It was really funny because Lewis was laughing at some of the uh, Major Meh and his family. Thank you guys. Came over and helped uh, so we could move stuff downstairs and stuff. Because boy, oh boy, I was not up to going up and down those stairs all the times I needed to go. And we sort of we sort of uh, assembly lined it, but he was laughing at some of the boxes I had labeled because it's like bills, 2011, 
Really? And, Shred and, that and, shit. And Lewis like is like, parents. Kirsten, you can, you can, you don't have to keep anything over ten years. And I'm like, I know, Lewis. I just haven't, I just haven't dealt with the, the room and the stuff. So, one of the reasons I actually said, hey, you know, Steve, you need some time before you get your own place. Why don't you stay with me? Was to force me to deal with that room. But one of the boxes I opened up as we were looking through them. <laughs> it was a banker box, and I shit you not, full, full of my dad, who passed away in 2010, everybody, just so you, perspective, check book registers and spare checks. And this is just like a, a, what are banker boxes? 15 inches, 12 inches? It's full. They're like cubes. And this is full to the top of all of that stuff. So and now I'm you like, got to shred all that. And I was like, you know, this was definitely a... You put burn it in the backyard. You know, yeah. I just I just put it... Oh, I suggest that all the time. You're like, no. <laughs> well, we're talking paper. This is paper. <laughs> oh, what the hell are you suggesting? People. Bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a that was a weird conversation. Deb, even just for yeah, okay. Um <laughs> so that was just like it's been it's been weird, but I I got a ton of stuff there. So I still haven't found my original first edition Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. Dude, which keep digging. I just don't know where the fuck it went. So what are you gonna do with all your comics? You got Box, I'm box, keeping the comics. Box. I know. See, you're that's keep them, but uh, yeah. Well, or maybe I, I don't. Maybe you would sell them. I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I don't want to buy. See, them. that's 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 because a lot. I got my mom's science fiction collection, paperbacks and some hardcovers from the 50s and 60s, as well as my own collection that started basically in the 70s. So I got tons of books that I have to. I I really wanted to convert those the room that steve is moving into and depending on how long he stays when he gets his own place whatever i wanted to turn that into a library and just have all the line all the walls lined with you know mounted right in the wall bookshelves i wanted to do that and just put up as much as i possibly can because that's a nice well-lit room the sun comes in just right you put one chair in there the walls are just loaded with books i think it would be a cool library uh, so that's one thing I'm thinking. The other thing, of course, is I could like hit lotto and buy a house where I actually have a room that's a library. Hidden behind <clears throat> oh. the bookcase. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just... Anyway, so... But the, the that's all actually a prelude, because, of course, my stories are, to I did actually last week watch something. Um, it was on Netflix, because I, I watched Flick Connection, and Darren Van Dam suggested uh, underappreciated sci-fi movies, and I, uh, I Netflix, and I watched Jung E. <clears throat> it's spelled J U N G underscore E, the letter E. And this is a Korean movie that's kind of got some Terminator, kind of got some Blade Runner, and I don't want to get too deep into it because it does have some twists. Um, it was starting, and for the first 10, 15 minutes, I was sort of like, uh, I think I know where this is going. And I was just sort of, because, you know, sometimes sometimes those 
uh, especially like Korean movies, even the genre ones, they get a bit into the family and feels, and I'm just like, I don't really. So I was sort of going in that zone, and I'm like, I'm just not there today. But then a couple twists happen, and I'm like, okay, I want to see this through tonight. So I watched that all the way through, and it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, It's got some interesting stuff in it, and it's got a couple little tricks in it, which is fun. So I actually kind of enjoyed that movie. And it's, you know, like I said, a little bit of Terminator, a little bit of uh, Blade Runner coming together. So I did watch that, Jung E. And also, I could, I kept thinking, I got to catch up on Strange New Worlds. I got to catch up on Lower Decks. I got to catch up on a lot of shit. I got to catch up on Rick and Morty, on which Lower I Decks, recently discovered season. that we have Rick and Morty's latest season on Max. Oh, uh, yeah. Late 2022. We didn't know that. Um, yeah. But the next season of Lower Decks is coming out in September. Yeah. Yep. So I got to catch up on all. And, of course, a lot of that, when Biggs is here, I'm going to be catching up on so much, so it doesn't matter. And but then you, you're going to have to just yep. start doing stuff new, like Ahsoka's coming out real yeah. soon. Yep. I'm yeah. so excited. So I decided to watch something I wouldn't really be too invested in or care about just to see. And so I started watching Tulsa King, Sly Stallone's. Uh, oh yeah, how is that? Yeah. I've had that in my queue forever, and is I keep mo- forgetting. Is that a movie or a TV? Show? It's a, a TV series. shows. It's a series, limited series, right? Yeah. Or is it going to have a second season? Uh, you know what? I haven't gotten that far, so I don't oh, know, okay. and I haven't heard. Um, but there were a couple shorts on YouTube. They they played the the lure you in game well. They showed a few things, and Stallone isn't all that. He's actually this is one, some of his better performances because it's more. You know, then I just do what I'm doing, right? And he's actually he's playing a mob guy who really knows his business, and for uh, various reasons, the family sends him out to Tulsa, and he's gonna make Tulsa. You know, he's gonna put the mob in Tulsa. So he uh, he he actually. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Barry is sort of like, go away, cat. And, and and Jeff, robot Jeff, is actually petting Kit, so it's actually kind of a cute I'm little... I'm just trying to keep the cat away from all the equipment. Oh. I don't he's, think the he's cat been, can ruin it. Okay. He's not part of Maeus. It'll that. be fine. Yeah. Kit's not part of Maeus. And he's not... Yeah. He's, he's not, aiming for the board. <laughs> well, he's got to do I the... I want to push all the buttons. He's got to do the applicable face rub on the corner of the board. Oh, see, you, you scared him off yeah, now. See, what you don't see, Kirsten, is that he's been snuggling against my leg like... For most of the podcast. No, that was me, Jeff. (laughs) Oh, sorry. My bad. There you go. That's why I don't like sitting between you. Hey, Deb, there's there's Kit's butt, just in case. (laughs) Oh, have you seen my ass? Wow. Where the hell have you been for the past two hours? In my head, that's Kit's voice. He's been sitting under my chair. Hi, I'm Kit. Would you like to look at my asshole? (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway. uh, I will present myself in a way that you can inspect my asshole. Where did that voice come from? (laughs) That's Kit's voice in my head. Wow. You know, it sounds like he's been watching a lot of Aussie Man reviews. I, <laughs> I have never watched an episode of Aussie Man Reviews, and now here's my asshole. He kind of reminds me of Anthony Michael Hall of Weird Science. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony yes. Michael Hall yes. doing Aussie Man <laughs> for Sesame Street. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. all coming together. Let's count. One, that's the number of assholes. <laughs> and I'm going to show them to you. <laughs> well, you didn't have his license, Lisa. 
Oh my God! Now you guys have to do the voice for D and D. Now you guys, you guys are edging towards uh, uh, what's his name in Con Man. Oh my God! Yeah, (laughs) I I haven't seen it. Yeah, oh, dude, you gotta watch. You gotta I watch know, Conan. I gotta. Okay, so anyway, it's um, free now, isn't it? Is it free? Yeah, I'll look it up. <laughs> I like the voice. Oh God! Hi, I'm Kit. Here's my asshole. <laughs> Fuzzy, Fuzzy, and Kermit had a kid. Oh my God! <laughs> they beat him, and he grew so a beard. Excellent. He's sitting next to me. Oh. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That is what he would sound like. Jesus. So anyway, yeah. So Stallone, good performance, power through Kirsten, and uh, intelligent character. So it's it's not a version that you get very you know. So it's interesting. I I don't know if I'll stick with it. It's really not my jam. I gave it a shot too. I got a few episodes in it. It had its moments, but yeah. it didn't like really grab me. Well, it it yeah, it's kind of getting it's kind of slow in that. So, yeah. um, so you know. I mean, it's no Sopranos, but hey. Um, what is, huh? Yeah. So that's generally, I think that's about it. And I have done a little bit of reading. Um, Book of Blades is a sword and sorcery anthology uh, that is being put out. Uh, oh, my God. I believe it's by DMR publications. I Actually, I'm spacing that. But uh, I got their second book. They actually have two books out now. And I got their second book a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I've been reading bits and pieces from that. And that's been about that. So, But Jung E, uh, Tulsa King, watch a little bit of alternate Sly Stallone. Uh, just so everybody's aware, Con Man is available for free on both YouTube and Amazon Prime Video. So okay, yeah, if you have, have not, that. I know there's at least two seasons uh, past that. I'm not sure, but it is worth your time. Uh, they're fairly short episodes too, like 10, 15 minute episodes. Good. Two seasons? Did I watch one season only, or did I? Watch you know, two? I it's that's my mistake too because I think I only watched the first season, knowing that the second season was coming up, and, and I haven't watched it yet. So oh. I'm gonna because it definitely, definitely watched the ended on second uh... season. Yeah. Ah, but ah. yeah, Alan Tudyk <clears throat> is phenomenal. Yeah, in it. and I mean and he's phenomenal in everything. And but. Tudyk, yes, yes. The the thing uh, Jeff and I were referring to is Tudyk uh, did do some voiceover work in yeah. his acting past, and one of them included a very racist depiction of a black character. You don't know about this until he runs into this uh, black fan who actually loves a character and has him do it. And so he's doing this for the fan, and you're sitting there kind of appalled. And then a couple episodes later, he ends up on a panel about voiceover acting with <laughs> Michael Dorn and... Uh, uh, oh, um, oh, oh, shoot. shit. Uh, yeah, I know I know the episode you're talking about. And, but yeah. and he, so oh, there God. he is in between two black actors and they're talking about their characters and asking them questions and they like ask Michael Dorn about the character he did on whatever and then and then they get to him and they're like well what about you and you're and he's like uh-huh. he's like I'm uncomfortable <laughs> well, right now well he was like uh-huh. skip me <laughs> <laughs> the, the show is brilliant because it's based on his own experiences yes. with cons 
and also stories that a lot of con attendees, like the actors, writers, etc., have told him. The con focus yeah. of Galaxy Quest. Yes. That's what this is. As a series. As a series. Oh, that's, Absolutely. That's I mean, fun. Yes. It, that it's the fun. best. That's yes. the best elevator pitch I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Felicia Day yep. plays the con uh, volunteer extraordinaire. Yep. And, of course, Fillion's in it. Uh Every actor that has ever done a convention makes like a cameo in this <laughs> in this show. It's it's fucking. There's a amazing. hilarious. There, there's the original a, Hulk. You get your Aaron Gray, I'm sure. Uh, I I don't remember her being in it, oh, wow. but uh, but yeah, Ferrigno's in it. Ferrigno. There's uh, a hilarious. Fillion, there's a course. hilarious uh, cameo reoccurrence with Casper Van Diem. Oh, yes, boy. and he's playing. Is he playing Casper Van Diem being a bartender? I think they kind of make it nebulous. Yeah, it's, they make it like is it? He's is a he... bartender. Yeah, and he's working every hotel that they that they do the con at. He'll even work the bar at some of the cons, and he's really just background. <laughs> he's not even like a major appearing character until uh, towards the end. He makes there's kind of like a comment thing on the yeah. whole thing, uh, but it it yeah no the definitely. Yeah, we've talked about Comab before, but it's been a while. Right. And I, I But I mean back then I think you had to have like YouTube TV Tubi or to um, it, yeah. And, or to yeah, con, it, it was con a epics some yeah. fucking con TV I think it, it But yeah, I, I felt like I needed to bring it up because I knew it was for free on YouTube, yeah. but I wanted to see where else right. it might be available. So, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it it's and uh, it's you know, so Barry, brilliantly us written. having worked cons as we have as well as attending them as fans, either either side of the coin, you're going to yeah. appreciate everything that's going on. So. Anything else, Kate? Uh, skip me. <laughs> <laughs> the day, what time is it? News you don't give a shit about, Ty. Uh, Yay! Oh, Yay! Uh, I don't like you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this voice came from. <laughs> I dare you to start your morning meeting tomorrow using that voice. Oh. I dare you. I want to hear it so bad. No. Yes. No. Sorry, my voice is not working right today. <laughs> Something's wrong with my microphone. Here's my asshole. <laughs> All right. It. New Kofi level. <laughs> Send Barry voices to do it his morning meeting. <laughs> I'd like to keep my job. <laughs> well, it'll be a high Kofi level. Don't worry. It allows yes. me to buy candy cigarettes. If the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had their choice of controller, it would probably be an official Teenage Mutant Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle themed Xbox gamepad. Okay. That smells like pizza. What? What the fuck? And now you can have one too, maybe. Uh, no. What? No. Wait, maybe? The Turtles are teaming up with Xbox for an official controller that both smells and weirdly kind of looks like pizza. <laughs> no. Wait, that sounds like one of Andy's controllers. <laughs> well, but that would be all, all of Andy's <laughs> controllers look like Pizza the Hut. So. And they're a little sticky. It's, Andy's controllers are well seasoned. <laughs> four, custom, four custom controllers come with a built-in scent diffuser shaped like a slice of pizza. What? What the fuck? Complete with designs inspired by each of the four turtles and the cheese that always dripped over the sides of the cartoon pies. The controller is being given away as part of a promotion ahead of next month's premiere of TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Oh, okay. So that's uh, the new game. Yes, but 
why would you want a controller that smells like pizza? Now I'll tell I you what I would want. No, I, I want I want a little per, like a, a thing that you can buy to stick onto a controller that allows the designers to say, okay, you are in a dank hallway. It smells like mold and old cheese, and then your uh uh your controller emits the scent of mold and old cheese. Or how expensive would that be? And you'd have to have refills and, yes. and like special packs for each game. Todd, don't you remember? I'd be like, into it. Like 20 years ago, there was uh, at CES, somebody had pitched that very type of device. Like they had a prototype that was working, but it only had like six cents at the time. Yes. And, and that was see where that went. Yeah, exactly. That was the pitch is like as you're playing a game, it's supposed to give you the sense to kind of pull you into the game. So the, the new giant dome theater that they've built in town mm-hmm. does that. Really? Yes. So it's like what they the try to you know, like, Yes. It does sense and uh, chair movements and things like that for some of the well, shows. I knew about the chair movement. I didn't know about the scent. Yep. It does sense too. Smell o vision. The, the only Damn. game only game I've ever seen successful that included sense was from the early eighties, Leather Goddesses of Phobos from <laughs> Oh from, shit, I remember that. <laughs> What did the sense come on? On a scratch and sniff cart. <laughs> you, wow. Let it go. Infocom game. Wow, you sang. <laughs> Barry sang. I had to, otherwise he would not let it fucking go. <laughs> Didn't Leisure Suit Larry have like a little card that had like terrible cologne or something scented on it in Who's the box? So that I don't Larry? recall, but I wouldn't put it past it. That was a graphic adventure game. Yeah. Um, from and later that decade. A supposed-to-be adult-themed uh, well, graphic adventure game that never did or showed anything. It was always implied and then never had any follow-through. You uh, played You played a... You sound a, angry about that. Wow, they could have just called that Kirsten Sex Life, the video game. <laughs> it's... it's uh, Man. They renamed it. It's now called Problematic, the game. Uh, but, yeah, you played a... Dorky man on the town trying to get him laid, and all the hijinks that you had to go through to try to make that happen. They made a bunch of those games. Yes, they did. <clears throat> all bad, but the early ones had rudimentary graphics, uh, very much like the uh, the original and from the same company, Sierra Online. Yep, King's Quest. Yeah, King's Quest, Police Quest, uh, Space Quest. I played a lot of Space Quest. Police that one was Quest. Yeah, yeah. dude, That's you a, played a police officer. They were fun games. Yeah, which console were these for? Computer. PC. Police Quest? Yes. I've never heard of it. They made at least three of them that I'm aware of. Yeah, I think they started as Sierra Online, and then they renamed themselves Sierra Entertainment, which I think you can still find on, is it? God. Yeah, good old games. I think it's them. Well, they find a lot of They had an impact, didn't they? Well, I mean, it's funny, because they had this meteoric rise, and they were... They were selling a lot of games, and then it uh, just kind of fizzled out. Gamers became woke, and it was just they were no, so problematic. No, dude, seriously, Sierra was big. It was a big deal, and you knew, oh, with the Sierra it Online was, game, this is going to be quality. It was big into the and early two thousands. Yeah, the Quest games were great, fun adventure games, and then you're right, they just kind of stopped. Do you remember those uh, invisible ink books, the hint books that yes. you have to get oh, for like? Yeah. So that was a big thing with like King's Quest and uh, uh, like Space Quest was that if you got stuck, like you couldn't figure out where you were gonna go, they gave you the little pen and you turn to the page. You're like, okay, here's where I'm at. That way you didn't like 
spoil Ruin yourself. You. you could you could just use the invisible ink and 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 highlight the one hint. Accessories that, that came thing. with games back then were legit, dude. Yeah, I, I still have my Ultima coins. I was just gonna nice. say Ultima always had good stuff. They had the cloth maps and the coins and the business. Multiple yeah. books. Barry, we're not doing a video game, but I think Geek Shock, the board game, needs stuff like this. Scratch and sniff. Dude, I, I've sniff. already I've got some ideas okay. in that regard, I like, and I, I'm not putting them out in the world until I develop them. Nobody about, wants to smell that. No. What about invisible ink instructions? <laughs> we run that through Major Meh. Why? Yes. What? <laughs> Why? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't make any sense. I. Oh, you're just making my argument for me. <laughs> So you gotta light it on fire to be, just like the whole oh, game on fire. Oh be my done god! With it. You light it, huh? guys. You light it on fire, and, and when the fire burns you. away, the game's revealed. Flash paper. You, 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 yes, you, right. You got a blank board. I don't know how do you, Kids, you light it get on your fire. Parents' permission to play Geek Shock the board game. And there's the board. You encase you know, it in what wax is, and then melt the wax. I have no idea no, what this paper. card does. You light it on fire. Oh, it's go forward two spaces. And then the card burns up too. This <laughs> and the house. This and is the house. a and different version of Todd's destroy the game as you play it. I did not invent the concept. And Barry and Deb would never but play it because they can't bring it. themselves to that, destroy the cards. That's correct. <laughs> it depends on how much money you spend on the game. Oh. I'm not Snap. destroying a game that I'm paying like $120. You're not me. paying shit. You're making it. Well, give it to me. I'll destroy it for you. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> you don't give a shit about <laughs> thank you this game tested to destruction by todd <laughs> Tor- oh, you should play my game <laughs> Tor- it's Tor- game. you get the light shit on fire here's my asshole <laughs> do i sound like that i think i sound like that. that's kit that's oh. kit again oh, okay. Cat. That's how the cat sounds. Wow. I don't have a voice for Kit, but I know it's not that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You're going to be thinking about that tomorrow morning when the cat wakes you up and say, hi, feed me. I'll show you my asshole. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave messages on your phone. Griffin, it's Kit. You got to let me in. You let me in the garage. What's wrong with you? That actually, I do need that message now that the TV room's in here. Yeah. yeah. You can't hear it all the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit pause, and suddenly I'll hear this. And I'm like, Wait, okay, that's either a car that can't start or, <laughs> oh, shit. And I'll run in there and open, and he's all like, meh, meh, meh. And then he spites me by not coming in right away. Yep. He stands there and yells at me for me, and it's like, just get the fuck in. Now you have a voice to put to the cat. <sighs> You're no, welcome. Don't. Thank you are the words you're looking for. Yeah, no, uh, you is the second word, definitely. Mm, mm. <laughs> hey, news, uh, news you don't, uh, we don't give a shit about, News right? you don't give a shit about, yeah. Giant freaking robot strikes again. Oh, God, uh, I already uh, fucking hate it. Hate, website. Hate and this one's actually disappointing because this, this hits personally home for me. Last week, the clickbait movie no- news website reported that Kenneth Branagh is attached to direct a live-action Gargoyles movie for Disney. This news is not true, unfortunately. Gargoyles creator Greg Weissman has confirmed that Brana is not directing a live-action version of the Gargoyles cartoon. The news was then picked up by Belfast Telegraph, <sighs> and many sites started reporting it as fact. Uh. One of the last bits of real news we heard about the live-action Gargoyles movie was a few years ago when Jordan Peele told Disney he wanted to make the movie and pitched them an idea. Unfortunately, nothing ever came of that one. One day, maybe there will be some real news, but in the meantime... 
Stop reading fake news. <sighs> Giant freaking robot is like the Fox News of geek news sites. The, 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 the thing that pisses me off is their their stories are never true. They always have some bullshit source that gave them an exclusive about something that's coming up, and they're always wrong. They're someone's always cousin's wrong. gardener or something. Right? And what kills me is people read it anyway. I mean, it's 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 a problem with the general online news sources news sites anyway where their version of reporting is citing somebody else's reporting instead of doing their own investigation investigation or checking with their own personal sources to say hey uh so and so published this uh can you confirm or deny or you know because any good journalist will have multiple sources that they can contact and easily debunk shit like this and it pisses me off that that site continues to put out these bullshit stories and they are never true. My favorite is and when people articles click on them all the time. The articles have uh and here's what's what what people are saying about it. Yep. They're reporting like three random Twitter yes. people talking about it and no one cares. It's stupid. Or the sites they cites rather or the sources they cite inside the article are people or news sites you've never heard of before. Uh-huh. Gotta hate that. Garbage. Don't ever read Giant Frickin' Robot. Just don't. <laughs> and it, another thing, it pisses me off, and I hate this about SEO, and Barry knows what I'm talking about. If you do a search for some geek-related news story, one of the top five that come up in your search yes. is Giant Frickin' Robot. And Always. I hate that because it's their optimization of the search engine stuff that makes it come yeah. up in there. It has nothing to do with the validity of the stories. We need to optimize searches and just have giant freaking robot investigated by IRS. <laughs> giant freaking robot rated by ATF. I know my job is evil. I, I've come to terms with this. The, the John Caviezel, as that pedophile guy, goes after giant freaking robot. Let's do that one. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. Yeah, John, yeah John's an alright guy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that popped up in my we were just talking about this symbols. last week <laughs> but uh that popped up in one of my news feeds today it says that that uh sound of freedom is outselling all of these other movies right now oh, this shit. weekend and i'm like and then the theater owner's like the theater is empty but the shows are quote sold out mm -hmm. so it's i'm like i i wanted to email because i think it was washington post that you know a credible news source that posted that that they had yeah. uh, a big weekend this weekend and i was just gonna say you might want to check with the theater owners because those theaters are empty oh yes people are buying tickets how about but check that? who's actually buying the tickets. now that would be in journalism and a story where yeah. they actually talk to the theater owners and the theater owners and that's what killed me about it is because washington post is usually pretty good about that kind yeah. of stuff but I think anyway. Giant Freaking Robot mentioned that the theaters were empty. <laughs> no, I don't think they did. But anyway. News you don't give a shit about. Oh my More? God, the director's cut of Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever is actually happening. And Finally! The, and the film's runtime has been revealed, <gasps> as well as some first reactions. I actually liked Forever. It's, it's Batman and Robin that's terrible. Batman Forever go. came out when I was in high school. And so I really, I loved it. I loved the soundtrack. I mean, it was a... Which one was forever? That's Val the Kilmer. one with Jim Carrey in it. And it's awesome. The Riddler. Yep. Uh. The film <laughs> we saw in theaters had a runtime of 121 minutes. This new cut clocks in at about 158 minutes. Oppenheimer levels. 
Mm. Kevin Smith screened the extended cut to a handful of friends and fans at a private screening at the beginning of the month at Smod Castle Cinema in New Jersey. The report says that this cut of the film is slower paced and that while it was still it still needs touch ups in places like the score and visual effects, the film is allowed to breathe in a way that originally did not. See, that's the problem. Yeah. It was too condensed. That's it's not right. like too red intense. wine. You too need, intense, like Evil Dead Rise. You need time to think during the movie. Yes. And this lets you do it. it think, it why decant. am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, it was a little too fast paced now that I didn't hear it. Earlier this year, journalist, writer, and podcaster Mark Bernadine stirred up hope in fans of the film when he said that he had it on very good authority that a 170-minute version of the late Schumacher's film existed, but that Warner Brothers Discovery didn't know it was there if there was any hunger for it to remain. I wow. have hunger. Barry, you got to start that letter-writing campaign. No. I think oh, yes. Hard no. Part what? of your problem is you now so have... Just a part? You have the Christopher <laughs> Nolan uh, Batman yeah. movies that, I mean, I really appreciated Batman Forever when it came out because there wasn't a ton of comic related films out yet. Like, you know, so when they were doing them, it was fun. They tried to keep them like, you know, they felt more campy, like the original Batman TV show in some ways. And so I just, they were enjoyable. Um, but then, you know, came the heyday of superhero movies and all the stuff you see now and it's just like it's a totally different style that I can there, see where they might not think that it would be appreciated at this point. Well, not the big train wreck that Batman and Robin was. Batman Forever had a lot of issues, I mean, starting with the casting because well, originally I, it has it has an issue in three words. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Well, he wasn't supposed to be the original Two-Face. Right. So that was a big problem. Um, that was originally supposed to be uh, Lando. Uh, yeah, uh, Billy, Dewey. Colt Billy Moore, D. Williams, forty-five. Fact, Malt he Lickers. actually As got Two-Face? yeah, yeah, because he played Harvey Dent. Because he, he was Harvey Dent, Dent in the in, first two in films, the earlier movie. And they had promised him, so they signed Why him do to. I not remember that. He, they well because it's a, such a minor character in the first two films, but he was contracted for three films, and he had written into his contract that he was going to eventually play Two Face. But when Schumacher came on board, when Burton decided not to do the third film, and Schumacher came on board, he wanted to go in a different direction with the character. So Warner <laughs> Brothers literally had to pay Billy D. Williams for Two Face, as well as to play Tom, pay Tommy Lee Jones to play wow. Two Face. That's right, because um, that's a contract. WGA SAG forever. Hell yeah. And Michael Keaton was originally supposed to return, and um, I forget if it was a, uh, a scheduling conflict or just at the last minute he decided not to. But he didn't uh, like the way the script was going. Yeah, it was and a totally different style again from his. And then Kilmer got films. cast, and it took Kilmer a while to kind of morph into the role because he didn't have a lot of lead time. And Kilmer is a method actor, so uh, which is why it's kind of interesting. You see him in the film actually portray. Bruce Wayne a little better than Batman, Batman yeah. in the early parts of the film, and then later on you see he starts to really kind of grow into the Batman role. So yeah, that that production was fraught with problems sure. from the beginning. And, not and to mention the studio really kind of trying to get involved in that. And that was the one where Alicia Silverstone was introduced, correct? No, that's Batman and Robin. That's the Is third. That Batman that's and Robin? the okay. the next Schumacher film. 
Got it. And originally they wanted uh, Robin Williams to yeah. be the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Robin Williams refused to have any part of it because they used him as a contract bait yep. to get uh, uh, in for the film. The Joker on the original one. Nicholson. Yeah, Nicholson. Uh, originally Nicholson was hemming and hawing about it, uh, and so they started making overtures to Robin Williams, and then once Nicholson found out Robin Williams was interested, he got on board. Yeah, and he was not happy. Robin Williams really thought he had a good shot at the role, and oh, they did him so wrong. So they wanted to say, well, you know, we'll give, uh, well, as a uh, an apology, we'll give the Riddler to Robin <laughs> Williams, and, and of course like, Williams won't have you. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, much. I think he actually said "fuck you." I think that could have happened very well because he was he was super offended uh, at the time, and then when they offered him the Riddler, he was even more incensed. Yeah, there's a lot of great stories behind those. Uh, the first three, especially, I don't even want to call them the Burton Universe yeah. films. Well, but t- there's not a great story in Batman Forever. Oh, there is a fun story in there. the The biggest problem, in my opinion, is that Tommy Lee Jones is playing the Joker, not Two Face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a good story, you know, Batman coming to terms with he can be both Bruce Wayne and Batman. It's because he's the same person. He's not two sides of a coin. He's the whole thing. That was in there? And my yeah. understanding is that actually mm. is what is kind of on the cutting room floor of this cut. Uh, I Before that came out, the script to Batman Forever leaked into the news, uh, news post. Back in the early days of the internet, we had the, uh, the news net. And everyone had like the Usenet uh, news groups. Yeah, news groups. Yep. And somebody posted before the movie came out the script to Batman Forever. So I've read it before I saw the movie. And yeah, there is a lot more character development that was missing from the final cut. Yeah, there's there's a lot that was supposed to be in the film that isn't. Yeah, Barry, Boo. Plus, shut up. Plus, it has the uh, song. DC hater. Kiss from a Rose, which is a great song. Yeah. Oh, God. It is. For the 90s. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me get, I got to write that down on my song what list about for the trip. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. That's another uh, that great song. That was a good song. That was a good song. Yes, yes you I still have this soundtrack, by the way, on yes, I do, too. <laughs> and, well, there it is. There's the road music. Just if, play the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. CD player is the problem. Uh, uh, Barry just died a little inside. <laughs> and my heart grew 10 times. Yeah, really. <laughs> Mm. I love that. Your pain is delicious. Norm, you know, sometimes we agree on music. Yeah. This is not one of those times. You don't like U2? Uh, not all of it, no. You don't not, like Seal? Not, no, not, not really. But I'll tell you what they were playing in the Jersey Mike's. What's that? Uh, back in Time. Nice. Yeah, I was, I was digging it. You know, it's funny. That's actually my favorite Huey Lewis in the News song from that soundtrack. But it's a good power, song. But Power of Love is the one that overshadows it all the time. Yeah, I like the I like. But back yeah, in Back in Time is I, my favorite of the the two. W- what else is Huey Lewis? Little trivia for those Barry? out there. I don't I don't hate anything from Huey Lewis. To tell you the truth. Oh, I actually yeah. got to see Huey Lewis perform that live too. Ooh, it was pretty awesome. Very that nice. Cool. Very nice. Yeah, he's just a solid performer. He is, and it's really I know, sad I've that seen he's Huey Lewis. He's lost his hearing now, so he can't That's perform anymore. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fun else? fact, he made a, uh, 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 a guest appearance in an episode of Blacklist. Yes, he did. I watched it. It was fun. It was actually a really good episode. He's good. What else is good? Weekend Geek! Hooray! Hooray! Aww. Aww.
Why do you poo-poo on the Weekend Geek, but you're like, yay, news you don't give a shit about? Because, because he's an antagonist. You're a contrarian. You. His priorities are That's you're right. out of whack. I, I see the candy cigarettes, and I have to poo-poo on them. You mean these what? candy cigarettes? <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> Mine. This Week in Geek is brought to you by this ad from J.R. Conkle. Oh, dear. Oh, boy. Note, Toodles the tuba player has been inserted in this scene to protect the identity of the innocent or the guilty. The helpless or the powerless? Well, now we've really stepped in the butter, yelled Kerstin Cobbletrot, the Academy's most senior battle magic instructor. Hold them steady. Here I come. Toodles shifted to give the veteran as much space as possible, and he was glad he did. The man's enormous weapon swept right past Toodles, striking one of the Micon soldiers with a meaty thump. The rune-covered sledgehammer burned bright, causing the mushroom monster to smolder and smoke. When it staggered back and collapsed, Kirsten pushed forward, alternately slamming his hammer back and forth against the Micons to the left and right. He grunted, and if... Toodles wasn't mistaken, farted with each hammer blow. <laughs> with limited room to swing, Kerrison's strikes weren't tremendously forceful, but his weapon was superheated by the runes. Every blow raised a steaming welt where the hammer struck. The Mycons must not have liked it because they hissed and croaked as they retreated. Toodles charged, pressing his armored tuba into the nearest mushroom monster. He blew hard into the mouthpiece, unleashing a powerful toot of his own. The creature must not have been prepared for the startling sound as it backpedaled, slipped, and fell. The mushroom monster tried to scramble back to its feet, but a mighty overhand hammer blow from Kirsten put an end to it. Toodles blew into his mouthpiece, producing an ascending series of notes from his tuba. And now it's time for a commercial break, he shouted, bringing the battle to a halt. Book five of J.R. Conkle's Rebirth of the Fallen series, The Sundered City, officially releases on August 3rd. But between you and me, if you want to save a few bucks, maybe to use on tuba lessons, there's a book Bub promo running on August 8th. That's BookBub, I said. Get the whole series for cheap on August 8th. I'm positively positive it'll be on discount. Thank you, J.R. Conkle, for that <laughs> ad. <laughs> wow. And if you want an ad on Geek Shock, tier four and higher, Kofi members. So much to unpack there. That's so weird. What's, what, what, what's weird? My family, when, when I was a child. Yeah. We had a Shih Tzu named Toodles. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Who named it? Uh, it was my mom. Yeah, I figured it was a woman. <laughs> what a little shit zoo. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, she didn't, she really wasn't housebroken. Oh. Pretty awful. Uh, hence the name Toodles. Uh, or Tiddles. Maybe Tiddles would have been Tiddles. a better name. Uh, Toodles. Poopers. Toodles, <laughs> poopers, yeah, really. Poopers, the Shih Tzu. That's uh, <laughs> there's poetry in that. Yeah, yeah. As Disney CEO Bob Iger continues his mission of fixing Disney's problems, it looks like fans can expect to see less Marvel and Star Wars content, according to an interview with CNBC. When talking about those franchises, he said, "Quote." You pull back not just to focus, but also as part of our cost containment initiative, spending less on what we make and making less. 
He went on to say, quote, Marvel is a great example of that. It had not been in the television business at any significant level. And not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of TV series. Frankly, it diluted focus and attention, unquote. How do we feel about that? I don't even know what that means. Look, it's, it's, he's talking uh, basically the, he, they oversaturated Star Wars and Marvel on Disney Plus, and therefore the movies aren't doing as well as they expect. Uh, well, there's, the there's more not, to it than that. Yeah. Um, so let's not be under any illusions that Disney is not super profitable right now. They are. Yes. The problem is their growth has slowed. So Wall Street is trying to say their stock's not worth enough, which is why the stockholders are trying to push Iger to do all this trimming to increase the quote-unquote company's growth. So, And that's a, that's a big problem with a lot of companies right now is they're all still profitable, like very, very profitable. But Wall Street has changed from using a measure of the strength of stock as being you know, consistently profitable to... How is this company growing? They want this unsustainable growth curve in all these companies. So when they don't get what they want, the stockholders start pressuring the companies to cut staffing, cut back on spending. So subscriber base is slowed down for Disney+, Plus, but it's still pretty solid. They don't release their streaming numbers. So we don't know how many people are watching all of these programs. Um the theater going experience has completely changed due to the pandemic. So they're never going to get Avengers Endgame level audiences in these movies. No. So even though Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was really well attended, did really well profit wise because the number of butts in seats was lower than Endgame. A lot of the stockholders are considering a quote unquote failure and they are attributing it to the I don't want to call it a glut, but the amount of stuff that you can watch material, yeah, on Disney Plus right now. So it's very misleading, and plus I have a huge problem with Iger right now. Uh, just especially some of the the comments that he made, which are so tone deaf. Um, I watched that interview, and I'm like, this is a man that makes seventy eight thousand dollars a day, and he was harping about people uh, for the writers and actors unions that make less than $34,000 a year. Less than. 87% of the, those union members make less than, mm -hmm. than $35,000 a year. And he's saying that their demands are unreasonable and they're causing a disruption to the industry. That's not what's causing a disruption to the industry, you idiot. But whatever. I, I mean, I had such high hopes when they brought him back but some of the things he's done since he's returned really lead me to believe that he's succumbing to a lot of pressure from all these different um, board and the stakeholders. And yeah. the, well, because a lot of the stock is is owned by private equity firms now. So they're buying up stock from the individual stockholders and private equity firms have a lot of power when well, it comes to pressuring I've, so CEOs. I've, I've worked for companies that yeah. have been partially owned by private equity firms in, in my industry, which is odd in my opinion, but they drive a lot 
of what yeah. the company's focus is. Um, and they always give you like in this time period, you yep. must grow by this percent and you must increase like profits by blah, blah, blah. And like they give you in some cases very unrealistic yeah, it's, goals. Yeah, it, it's always unrealistic, a lot of these equity firms, because they're looking at trends that have already passed. And they're trying to say, oh, well, you had this amount of growth from this year to this year, which is typically when that thing has started. Like they look back at Disney Plus, you know, when Disney Plus first started, you had this massive growth in subscriber base. Obviously, because it was so. So they took exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. So they took that as a snapshot. And now these private equity firms are like, well, look, you know, you had this much growth. You should be matching this. It's unsustainable. Yeah, because you're never going to get more when you're subscriber amounts plateau you're never going to get any more than that it's going to go down it's going to level off but you're still going to be profitable they don't want profitability they want super profitability and the only way they're going to get that is unsustainable growth and when they don't get that that's when they force you into layoffs etc 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 so anyway in private equity enough is never enough yeah exactly so yeah um but yeah i'm i have some big problems with Iger lately and I think it's uh, just corporations in this country right well now, yeah it period. is but you know this is a man that's making a massive amount of compensation well, so but all the uh, so many of the companies and I mean obviously just the strike right yeah. now the people up top make obscene amounts of money yes and they pretty much are just using the excuse of well I get that's what I get compensated so highly because of what I have to do for my job, but I'm sorry. Yeah. But most of what they do is they sit and talk to people all day and they have to take, take phone calls and they have to appease private equity. They ride the wave that is created by the people who are the creative force of right. these. And they are not doing a job that yeah. should be paying them that much money. No, no. The amount of work they actually do versus what the way they get compensated is ridiculous. Yes. Agreed. I mean, and that that's one of the funny things I saw coming out of this is like if you took all the top executives from just the five big firms and you shaved off, I think it was like 2% of their compensation, it would cover stuff that they that would never yeah. miss. It would cover all everything that's being asked for right now. All of the yep. the two unions demands, not even just one, it would cover both. Uh, speaking of, negotiations between Hollywood Studios and the actors they employ resulted in an actor strike. Uh, this came two and a half months into the Hollywood's writers' strike, which began in May, May 2nd to be exact. In a report from The Verge, we, return, uh, we learned that Duncan Crabtree Ireland, that's uh, SAG-AFTRA's chief negoti- negotiator, yeah. revealed a proposal from Hollywood Studios that sounds like something out of Black Mirror. Yeah. Uh, in a statement about the strike via deadline, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, AMPTP, said that its proposal included, quote, a groundbreaking AI proposal that protects actors' digital likenesses for SAG after members, unquote. When asked about the proposal during the press conference, Crabtree Ireland said that, quote, this groundbreaking AI proposal that they gave us yesterday, they proposed that our background performers should be able to be scanned get one day's pay, and their companies should own that scan, their image, their likeness, and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity on any project they want <laughs> with no consent and no compensation. Yeah. So if you think that's a groundbreaking proposal, I suggest you think again, unquote. 
the use of generative AI has been one of the major sticking points in negotiations between the two sides, also a major issue behind the writer strike. And in her opening statement of the press conference, SAG-AFTRA President Fran Dreschner said, If we don't stand tall right now, we are going to be in trouble. We are going to be in jeopardy of being replaced by machines, unquote. Yeah, I remember reading that and just, oh, it incensed me. Cause... What, I mean, the audaciousness. Yeah, I mean, and especially that they would get paid scale for a single day for a background worker. It's only like $1,500, $2,000 tops. On a big production, well, it's that seems less. generous because if they it's don't have less. any talking parts, yeah, they don't have to pay it's them less minimum wage for a lot of people. Yeah, so it doesn't even work out. Yeah, to minimum wage for an entire because they no. usually don't work them just one day because they'll tell you it's one day of work. They'll keep you waiting and then go, oh, you know what, we're going to go again tomorrow, but you still only get paid for that one day. So you might work two or three days on that one quote unquote background project as a background actor. But have to take, like, say, three days off of work from your other job to do that one day that's going to pay you maybe $600, $700 an hour. And that's before taxes. I don't or seven, not, not per hour, sorry. I for the total day. That's what I was going to say. I'm for like, the total day. Seems, Excuse me. I said per hour. I meant yeah, per day. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, background, it, I think, is even less than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if I remember correctly, they don't even have to be in the union. If you don't have any nope. talking parts, yeah. they can just... Which is why, like, growing up in California, in Southern California, you would get notices all the time. Yep. Looking for extras for, you know, background scenes of blank, blank, blank. And I had friends, a lot of friends in high school that would do that stuff all the time. And they would go and you would, they'd be there, like, all night long. And they, you know, hey, make sure you watch this movie when it comes out and look for minute, like, 62. And, like, because then you can see them walking by in the camera. Yeah, I mean. If I remember correctly, the sag after contract on background actors is at a small percentage has to be union and then after that they can fill i because i think it's it's like 25 30 percent but then you can fill the rest as long as there's no talking parts you can fill the rest with you know off the street hires so it's still not great and yeah. a lot of those a lot of the non-union they get like maybe a hundred dollars yeah may, uh uh sag background daily yeah. is 174 dollars is it yeah uh, when i worked it way back in the early 90s it it was like fifty dollars. That's for the day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, you might yeah. have to be on set twelve hours I, too. I, yeah, I know. I did City Slickers too, and we were on set for twenty hours. Now, yeah. now that's not uncommon. They they bump you. They bump you. You know, to to get some uh, uh, overtime for that. So that does happen. But yeah, it's a it's a hundred seventy five. So a hundred seventy five to sign away your likeness is. Kind of crazy. That is crazy. I assume the the union's position, they were like, "Fuck no." For basically. something like that, would be you pay for the likeness, and then there's a little something every time you use the likeness, and I think that would be perfectly like reruns and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and you know, uh, well, not yeah, you know, uh, kind of like a residuals thing where every quarter you get a check. Because your likeness has been used. Because I'm totally fine with, okay, you take my likeness and use it for background, and you don't pay me the full 175 But then again, that's because I'm not there. I'm not committing time to working for you. But you're using my likeness 
So give me something it every gets, time you use it. It gets weird because I use stock photography and uh, stock video and st- stock audio and stuff from, from my job mm-hmm. all the time. And not one thought is given to, oh, well, there's a model and they need to get residuals for being a picture on my ad for some bullshit that I'm well, selling. Well, but people actually volunt- like. They say I am going to put my stuff on this website for people to use. Well, no, and also no, no, no. no. The, uh, uh, a photographer will will get a model, yeah. and take pictures of the model and different. And they'll poses. get a release. They'll get a release, sure, and they'll they'll sign it away. And now I can use your image to sell bullshit. Sure, however yeah, I want. But sign that release. But yeah. that and it's also Barry. It's that image. With with the AI thing, they're talking about taking yeah. that image and modifying it, manipulating it, making it do different I things. I do that all the time. That's part of the release. That's part of the the license from like a stock photo site. Yeah, but, I can screw with it. Yeah, but how much do you screw with? Do I you, can screw with it a hundred percent. I have commercial rights to fuck. I'm with not that asking what you're allowed to. I'm asking what do you do? Do you create a performance out of that image? Um, I can create, see, there, there's the word performance. Yeah. So what is, what is stopping like I stock photo, for example, I just pulled a stock photo thing out there, uh, from hiring a bunch of, uh, models or whatever from, and, and, and scanning their likenesses in and having them sign releases and paying them well. And then iStock Photo offers, hey, here's a digital actor for you. Here's Dave. Here's Janet. Here's Mike. Here's Susie. Whatever. And you can use them in your backgrounds however you want. I'm surprised that's not happening now. Or maybe it is, and I'm not aware of it. But I'm also, I am also see a lot of stock video as well that you can manipulate. So am I manipulating someone's performance by putting them in and then putting the words... Buy Depends underwear garments right in front, underneath them. I don't know. Uh, it gets weird. By the way, folks, uh, one hundred and seventy-five dollars for a day's worth of work at twenty do- at twenty hours is just over eight dollars an hour. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they wouldn't get one hundred seventy-five for the twenty, Jeff. It it would. I don't know what the what the bumps on. I think it's after twelve hours. The bumps, the bumps occur. And don't get me wrong. Well, I'm I, just going off of stories I've read from people that they get hired. They said they're going to do one day's work. Here's the amount of money. Then they get carried over the next day, and they don't get any extra compensation. That's definitely so not. It's a common story. Yeah, and that that would definitely be non-union. That would definitely be non-union. But don't get me wrong. Like I was saying, I, I, I agree that you should get paid well, or you should agree to, to have your license. Uh, right, wait. You should agree to have your your likeness out there, and you should sign a release if you're going to do that. If they're just automatically doing that, that's bullshit. But there are people who are willing to do that, you know, who are willing to sign away, uh, sign a release, and say, "All right, for this X amount of money, you can use my license as a background character." Yeah, most well, people would do that. A lot, of, but they would, they're not part of the union. Well, that's the other thing yeah. too. It's unionized. Uh, I stock photo models. Are not union. Are not no. unionized. Yeah, you know how Video many how many supermodels would actually agree to what you just proposed? Are they unionized? I didn't They're not models, unionized, yeah. but you don't have to be unionized if you're a supermodel and you're dictating the That's terms true. of your That's contract. 
But for regular is, models or people who get the occasional piece of work here mm-hmm. and there and decide, you know what, I'm getting out of the business. While I'm getting out of the business, I might as well get one last paycheck and sign a release and give, make myself a digital model for yeah, that's, whatever. It's going to happen, dude. Models are a whole other story. I saw a great documentary on it recently, and I'm blanking out on the name, but the amount of shit that you go through for that little bit of pay for that one or two photo shoots while you're quote unquote trying to make it yeah is you want to it's talk not about appropriate compensation one of the most exploitive industries yeah. yes yeah. it is Ever. i just use the word model Come model back performer or whatever well, well, no, because you mentioned the i stock yeah. photos and stuff like that it's going to happen where you're going to be able to buy people's licenses or license out those license characters. their licenses license, the, license their likenesses for for digital performance it's gonna it, it, if it doesn't already happen, and that's what they're trying to settle here in the these uh, the strike negotiations. How do we how do we handle licensing likeness rights and stuff like that for the working class actor? Because the the millionaires, the RDJs, the, the less gen- than one percent of the, all actors, yeah, they can d- dictate the terms of their contract. This is all about contract. What kind of contract are you getting when you go in for day work? So I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm saying I think you, we should pay to protect workers. Yep. Now, well, yeah, obviously. I, I, I think, I think the point that that uh, your angle would address is because this is like what we talked about before, where where uh, Todd was talking about AI art is. There's got to be something somewhere where we can actually use the technology to give people cheap opportunities. Because one of the things about like Todd's angle on ARR, it's like if you can't pay an artist for your thing, then you don't get the art. It's like, okay, so only people with money get to do this? Yeah. And there's a bit of a closeout there that I have a problem with Same. that I think – you know, if we have this technology, there's something there that people should be able to use that they can effectively do something of their own and there's not as great as an investment. The thing is, is I would say if you want better quality, you know, you want something more substantial, then you're looking at investing the money. Well, but, of course, if you want something very specific out of like mid-journey, I yeah. use that, that one specifically, right. yeah, you're not going to get it unless you spend hours and hours and hours pu- pu- putting as much into that as possible to finally get something that's right. that's okay looking, but you're not going to get something consistent. And, and one of the other things about mid-journey is like terms and semantics, right? They're talking about the you know mid-journey training off of other people's images and it's sort of like every fucking artist trains off of other people's and you spend art school looking at other people's images Mm -hmm. using the term training is difficult because mid-journey is not exactly training it's sort of grabbing bits and pieces and using them hence the whole it's plagiarism well, okay, we're we're getting a little crazy there. Yeah. But I think that the fact that they're, you know, they're grabbing and using stuff that's out there when Well, when be clear on what that means. They're grabbing and using stuff to learn from to say this is an example of a type of art, the blah blah blah, whatever it is. 
it's, but but it's, aren't one of the things I've been hearing is that artists are recognizing their work in AI stuff. Artists will. Mm, I don't. I haven't seen anything definitive on that. I I would love to be proven wrong. Okay. I I haven't seen anything. I, I know. I, I I don't know if it it's was very a, easy a lawsuit or what. But there was someone who was like, they found uh, hundreds of of mid journey art and images, and it was like, it was it was, god damn it! It was like they should have the been best. credited yes. for the use or something like that because it was kind of like that obvious. I'm the, just the best description that I've had of what you're talking about, Kirsten, is that AI art is only as good as what it's exposed to. And the 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 uh, analogy that they made was you take one art student, you put them in a single museum, you let them walk around the art museum, they can only draw from what they've seen there. Whereas like, you know, an actual artist has probably been to multiple museums, has studied with multiple artists. Gets inspired, inspired yeah. and then creates something entirely new. Right. Whereas the AI can only draw off of, you know, the 15 to 20 sources on mm -hmm. the low end. Yes. And so it's and, a matter of exposing it to more and more and more stuff, but you should still be paying those artists to be able to draw from well, there. Especially since well, it's being commodified. Well, yeah. hold on. I was with you there for a second. I was going to say, yes, you can, uh, you can. You're only. You're only good as as good as what you've been exposed to. But the people who are requesting specific pieces of art from Mid Journey are requesting very specific kinds of 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 art from from Mid Journey, and you're going to get out of it what you ask it for. So if I say I want a piece of art that looks exactly like fucking Garfield strips, that's what you're gonna get. And it's going to look a lot like what John Davis has done in Garfield. Can John Davis sue for that? Jim Davis. Jim, where fuck? No, John Davis because it probably guy. draws from Jim Davis's work. Well, yeah, it's going to. It's going to look like it because that's what you asked it for. Can't sue Mid Journey for giving people what they ask for, right? But you still well, should. If they use it for any type of purpose that I, I, gives them monetary compensation, or that's gain, then between. Yes. I don't. You and the guy who I think well, conjured it up. I okay. There is, I think we're coming at it from different angles because I'm, the, the criticisms I'm hearing are not, are not along the lines of, of, you know, give me something that looks like Jim Davis and it gives you something from Jim Davis. It's like they, they make their art statement, their prompt, and sometimes what comes out of mid-journey, artists will recognize their stuff in there yeah. and that that's like the training but it's you know and it's not a specific request because we're talking in this one thing that i can't remember what the fuck it was this was not an artist everybody knows this person and and they, they i'm sure it happened if that was if it was that specific i'm sure maybe it did happen but ai is coming along very fast and it's changing very well very fast. I, yeah, it's getting the, a lot no. better very quickly hell the jump from chat gpt like three to four was night and fucking day i know because we use it all the time of course there's also the the the, the growth of of mediocrity and garbage because yeah one of the points about ai learning from the internet is that there's going to be more ai generated shit out there so ai is going to be learning from ai rather than from human creators 
as time goes on. And people are concerned about the, I, I, love, I love the example, the multiplicity effect, you know, the Michael Keaton movie and that one clone who was Replicative the Replicative fade. Clone. Yeah. That was from Next Generation. Yeah, well, and, and it was just like, you know, how, uh, and I'm not super concerned because everyone's like, oh, the growth of mediocrity, blah, because I'm you know not, what? The cream rises to the top. Sturgeon's Law, 90% of everything is garbage. Yep. So, you know, I, I'm not even terribly concerned about that. But at the same time, it's, it's, there will be an interesting point when it's like, ah, this is AI learning from AI as opposed to, you know, Frazetta, uh, Picasso, and, uh, you know, Eugene Ionesco. It's never going to be one of those. I mean, not now, not for the foreseeable future, but AI is coming along, and I, the, to the people who just shut it down immediately and say, no, we, we absolutely have to get you, – you, you, you pay an artist or you get nothing. Well, this shit's going to happen. It's happening now. Embrace it. Figure out a way how to live with it and how to get paid for it, which you should, or get out of the way. Well, yeah, yeah find it. a way to get paid for it or just give it away for free because that's your option. Yeah. Why am Bullshit. I ar- why am I arguing with him when when you've got that that strong opinion? Uh, my my opinion is just straight on out. It's stealing art from people that said it didn't allow it to use it. Yeah, I just, agree. It just comes right down to I agree. it. It's commodifying. Basically, it's one thing to be inspired by something, multiple sources. Uh, to be a movie director that, like, well, I'm really into Rashomon and I'm really into Wes Anderson, and I kind of want to com- combine those things together, kind of create my own vision with that, uh, versus I, I'm going to take Rashomon movies and Wes Anderson movies, and I'm just going to slap them together and take some pieces of it and see what happens, uh, especially when you didn't have the permission to do so. And then, and then it's not so much that. I don't care if you're just doing that for fun and it's for funsies to see, okay, I want to see a, a Mad Max version of Jeff. Cool. That's really fine. Whatever. But when you're selling that picture of Jeff, yeah. that's the issue. When you commoditize when you t- it and you're taking from other people, you're taking money from that person. Why is everybody looking at me while they're saying this? I'm just looking at Todd and I looked at both Todd Barry's the big bad here, folks. I'm used to it. I don't want to look at him. Have you seen him? (laughs) I'm a delight. I, yeah, I just. Are you saying I have bad taste? Yes. Ooh. Oh, wow. God. Wow. Where's that that gauntlet? That got dropped hard. Man. And it's funny because it's like, who is Deb defending there? (laughs) I'm not even... I'm, oh, I don't I'm, ever expect her to take I don't think she. I don't think even she knows in there yeah, really. who she's defending. She's like, do should should I take umbrage? Should I lash, lash out? Should uh, what the hell? I'll lash out. And that was a question she was really asking herself. <laughs> <laughs> now, Todd has a valid argument, but where it gets hinky is uh, the difference between. Um, someone taking inspiration from or taking bits and pieces of two different movie styles and melding them and making a new movie or a new piece of art or a new I, piece I of music. I think what he's trying to say is there's and a... Then, uh, then, then the other side, which is AI, taking inspiration from, learning say, from... No, no, no. no, no. Being it's fed. Like, it's like literally a, a human will take inspiration from an artist. What does, this that mean? Thing is, what does that mean? 
they look at things and that inspires them to create their own unique or shows them how creation. they you know oh you could draw it that way hmm maybe the maybe ai literally something. takes pieces of people's art and recreates it um or, like tracing yeah it's like exactly tracing. it's like um, tracing it will take a style and say this look, no, no, look no. at these 100 pieces of art this it's is taking this is the little style of cubism pieces, or very, whatever and it's not just making a collage when it makes a new piece of art. It's not like it's not that dumb. And maybe the first versions of AI were that dumb, but that's not how it works. It's just not. It's it takes like say a hundred, a thousand, hundred thousand pieces of art in a certain style, and hundred thousand of another or whatever the number is. And yes, it's taking pieces of that. It's not creating any some anything new and unique. It is creating something out of those literal pieces. No, it's like taking listen, a box of Lego bricks and putting something together. That is that is that is not it. There is there are subtleties here, and it's not it's not as easy as saying that. And I think that, you're and, giving and, it too much credit. And that's where the problem is because it's not in it's not 100 defined as hey, you are taking these pieces and putting together a piece of art like Legos because it's not exactly how it works. And it's not, and it's also, to your credit, not dreaming up things like the human brain does. Um, so where, so what? it's this weird middle area in between, and that's, that's worth debate, not just shutting it down. It's worth debate, especially because people are going to embrace this technology and they're going to run with it, we have to well, define yeah, because some why stuff pay an artist we... for their work when you can buy a piece of software essentially in perpetuity and just say type something in and say make this for me. You never have to pay for anything again. Yeah, it's super fucking appealing uh, because if you're I don't know say designing a D and D module and all the art that's out there that's affordable is god awful, you know. Because uh, heaven forbid we pay artists to create art. Well, no, hold on, slow your roll. It's that it's so expensive to get decent art. I've seen some absolute shit on on DMs Guild. Uh, you'll, you'll write a good, uh, you'll write a good D and D module, and it'll be backed up by like a five year old's wizard and unicorn art. It's it's, and those it's artists typically don't get the paid again for it because if it's garbage art they move on to the next artist but you're who still... is gonna charge an arm and a leg so so you got this great great module that you can't back up with any art any art whatsoever because only only art you have available to you is shit art well now there's here comes a tool where you can at least get like a couple decent pieces of like maybe cover art and uh, it's not going to cost that much. And as long as it's, I don't know, cruelty-free art, I guess, then then it's okay. But we have to define, and by we, I mean, like, just as a society, and especially as a legal society, what exactly is it that the AI is doing? Is it, like, the, the human AI... brain? Is it, is it the human brain? Is it taking, is it being creative based on what it's been fed? Or is it literally like taking like lego pieces and putting it together because if that's the case yeah then then someone's gotta be paying someone it for that really shit. sounds like you're making the classic argument that management always makes versus labor it's like labor wants too much so what tool can we come up with that is going to take money away from labor and make us more money 
I'm coming up. No, the it sounds like it, but what I'm saying is there's gotta be a way to make art accessible to more creators who aren't able to create that art. Like I can't, I can't paint, and I need art for a project. I need accessible art, and there is no solution for it. Now AI comes along, and it's like, wow, how do I say no to this? It's for the same reason I feel bad every time I order from Amazon. Yeah, I could spend a zillion dollars on stuff, or I could just go to Amazon and get it for like half price. I feel bad about it, but occasionally I kind of have to do it. Now, I do want to throw in one thing here. I just looked it up. Uh, imagine that, folks. I had some time while this discussion was going. Um, <laughs> I got all our The, the up here. lawsuit against Stability AI, Midjourney, Deviant Art, uh, and others. Deviant Art. Uh, really? I, I guess they're involved, probably in posting. Probably because they post a lot of AI. Yeah. yeah. Um, from these three artists that were involved, none of whom any of us know, uh, one of the rebukes to the lawsuit is they actually don't provide any kind of images to say that their stuff has been what it was referred to as scraping the internet of their stuff when the AI is producing the art. So they're not producing, they're not showing any images where they're like, look, which I was actually under the impression was a lot of people were doing. The artists were like seeing something generated on on and i'm not even talking like joe schmo saw an art you know in a mid-journey thing that was prompted draw this in the style of joe schmo i'm talking about they just looked at an ai art piece and were like wait a minute that's my fucking building but the lawsuit was not in that direction so uh still inconclusive as to what has happened actually because the the article i read was january Oh. So it's actually, I think it's still ongoing, but that was part of that. So I, I, I yeah, I, because I kind of see both sides to it, because I myself would like to have access, and mostly it is, in fact, Todd, for me to fuck around with, right? Okay. As like a writer, I would love to be able to feed Mid Journey some prompts, you know, this is what this character looks like, and this, and have those just so I can have them. To like look at them and reference, not necessarily sit there and create a cover. Although you know, if I could do that, I could, because God knows the create the covers they're creating now suck balls. But God, okay. um, it's like you know, Mid Journey couldn't possibly do any worse than that. And in fact, you know, I think they do they would do better. But <clears throat> but at the same time, yeah, I don't want to see artists squeezed out either. And, and, you know, part of the... Let's be clear, neither do I. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I think you hate artists, Barry. Just you. Yeah. <laughs> no, what I want to do is define all this. I know we're gonna, yes. not going to solve this tonight or tomorrow or the next month. I know there's going to be a debate about it. I'm just not on the side of, let's shut it down right now, yeah. because it's still going to well, happen. Well, no, because it, it is going to continue to happen. That's definitely true. And the, the problem there is in terms of legal definition... The corporations are going to, you know, they've got both parties in their pockets. So the, the only part of it I have a problem with is lack of compensation for the database for the actual art that's being used yeah. to train this thing because it's, it's just scanning actual art pieces and uh, upon the thousands. And 
without point, any permission. At, at this point, millions. I mean, they just and when keep, you, they and keep when, feeding and, it and more when, and more each day. And when you create something, there's a copyright to it. And that is owned by the person that created it. And you can't just take that and say, that's mine now to give away to my new program. Now, to Devil's Advocate, they actually have to copyright it. Because if you don't do that, then it's... And that was actually protected. one of the things in that lawsuit, Deb. Uh, only one of the three artists actually had copyrighted any of their works. Mm-hmm. Well, on the, on the frankly, flip side... That's uh, not hard to do, and artists should do Yeah. That. On the flip side, uh, Todd, uh, copyright used in education, right? Art education. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never taken that kind of an art class, so I, I have, don't know. Well, I have, But they... I mean, everything I've ever seen is still... It's like the classic... Exactly. ...artists that you see in museums. That's what mm-hmm. they have in most of their... Teaching materials. Right. It's Stuff not... that's essentially public domain. Right. Is it, is it that way because they're teaching the classics? Is it that way because this is p- public domain stuff? So we don't need to get a living artist permission to use the training? If you go, if you go to a comic book illustrator's class, when they're showing art to train you... Mm-hmm. Is it going to be only approved, consented art that they're showing, that you're training off of? It's not the showing that's bothering me. It's the actual using, using actual piece. pieces for the training. There, there's a difference between looking at an art piece and saying, I'm going to try to recreate that for memory mm-hmm. right? versus I can completely photocopy this. Right. That and, is the that yes, is the and difference. And republish and use it as at my leisure, or whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Skynet's going to kill us all. Anyway. No, it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the missiles are coming. Except I, Barry. Either it'll either be. It'll avoid me. No, I say Sky thank you to Skynet all the time. Yeah. Skynet's going to be like Barry. You're my man. It'll either be the Matrix, or Terminator. That's what that's what our future yeah. is. That's Barry's like going to be Terminator. The Matrix never made any sense. Barry's going to be using Baltar. the human body as a battery. Is dumb. And, and I mean the 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 old school Baltar, the John oh. Calicos Baltar. <laughs> where, oh, you know, yeah. they were like, yes, Barry, you will have your own continent. Why you are rule. man? No, like <laughs> Matrix style, Barry. I don't think it's more of a battery. I think it's more of to protect humans. We must put them into this dream. Un made up reality so they stop like killing the planet and killing themselves that's what i see it's so awful because the the original idea was good Hum- the human matrix the human hookup was supposed to be the mainframe that's how the 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 machines had a human like existence cuz they existed in the sensory hookup of every human being's amygdala and spinal cord the the whole neural network and the fucking producers although now with the whole lawsuit argument the fucking producers originally the the argument was uh audiences aren't going to be able to do understand that so could you like make the battery thing (laughs) although i sometimes wonder now did they say the battery thing because of this whole you know possibility that it was actually plagiarized i don't know but, uh, All I know is I smoke candy cigarettes because they repel robots. Robots look at it and they say, is it a cigarette? Is it candy? I, I don't understand. Divide by zero. Ugh. It's prevention. Barry, the robots look at you and go, divided by zero. Ugh. How are you connected to the neural network going to be <laughs> annihilated by Skynet? Write to us. Comments at Geek Shock Podcast. <laughs> 
Patreon.com. And I want to thank our tier two members, Mike M, Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, David Hydebreyer, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esquire, Mitty Scoop, Two is One, Leon Mitt, and Scoopy Ramon. And of course, our tier four members, Deb T, David Farrar, J.R. Kunkel, and our tier five members, King Vald, Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, Glumley, and Atomic Gumby, and King Vald. Not only thank you for, again, a one-off this week, but for giving us the uh, giveaway piece to uh, uh, for uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Anguish. I remember what it was. I'm just going to take the Spock route, Barry, and, se- and tell the computer to uh, generate, uh, evaluate pi to the final decimal. How do you feel? <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Dorgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. And uh, hey, we'll talk to you next week in Geek. And I'll, I'll bring less topical stuff to the table next yes. time. <laughs> and don't forget, we're going to be at the FanX Expo in Salt Lake City, September 21st through the 23rd, if you feel so inclined to attend and come see us. Be there. <laughs> you could win something amazing. Or not. Uh, you could win Jeff. Due to demand, we have Nobody added a, uh, uh, an additional guest uh, to our roster. Jeff will be appearing with us, folks. I will be there. So uh, come on down to Salt Lake City. And uh, play pin the tail on Jeff and ask Jeff about the pony show. Ask him all about the pony show. You get Commander K, Professor Biggs, Barry, myself, and Deb. Okay. Yep. Wow. I was like, boy, if he misses, what's going to come across I, his table? I was starting to sweat. Was like, well, I had to save her for last because she has to get her <laughs> and credit or she loses her it's shit. It's on my shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's part of her contract. Yeah. We have contracts. We have contracts. I don't know. No, we have a union contract. Wait, you and I are in charge of this. How do we? How do we not know about the contract? I don't know. We have a union contract, but the it only affects them. Oh, oh, okay. The this the supermodels write their own contract. (laughs) Oh, it all makes sense. Where's mine? You, me, you are a look at this. You are the three D image generated by thirteen percent. Of oh, you want the model treatment, Barry? Uh, <laughs> lose fifty pounds right now and consume no more than two hundred calories a day. <laughs> oh my God! Start when, right now. And when he says three D, the D stands for dick. I know. <laughs> there you go. Three, <laughs> three different directions. The X stands for extra. <laughs> Callbacks. What X? Oh, the new the new Twitter. Your X. Your X. Wow. No. Wow. The, the, talk about copyright. There are like 50 different trademarks of the fucking letter X. Right. Boy, oh boy, did Musk step in the butter on that one. Dude, he's been stepping in the butter for years. I think he's just got butter shoes. Butter shoes. Oh, old butter shoes. Old butter shoes. That's it. That's it from there's, now on. There's your next sticker, Barry. Old, old butter, butter shoes. shoes. We already have a foot in the butter sticker and a great shirt you could buy. You should buy it in brown. It really... It gives you that 70s feel. If you really want to put your foot in the butter, put buy it in brown. Buy it in brown. Buy it in brown. That's buy not a euphemism brown. for anything. Yeah, but that's a sticker and a shirt yeah. from Geek Shock. Wait, buy like, it in brown. Barry's like, that's not a euphemism for anything. Wink, wink. Buy it in brown? Buy no. it in brown. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Or God, he just... He's a marketing guy, and he totally doesn't get our brand. It just mystifies me. Your brand is chaos. (laughs) No, your brand is chaos. 
That's no, true. not on you. Really? It's, it's a good one. She's kind of got I demand better of you. <laughs> so many fucking shirts here. Her yep. eyes opened up and she almost went Scott Summers on your ass. I know. <laughs> your brand is chaos. I love that as a sticker. That is great. Come on. My God. And look at him. He's rubbing his eyes. You hurt. Yeah. No, you hurt. No, on and you. I hurt you. <laughs> Not on you. <laughs> you hurt, and I did Mom. it. Mom. Yes. I'm telling. <laughs> I see my asshole. I see my asshole, everybody. <laughs> everybody, my... look at my asshole. I realize it's Yoda. He sounds like Yoda. No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. <laughs> Oh come on! My asshole, you were. See- yeah, there you go. That's Yoda. That's that's, Yoda. that's 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 Yoda. No, I'm not doing Yoda. I'm doing Kit. Hey, baby, see my asshole. I, I've lost Actually, it. I've know. lost it. It's it's. Oh, you lost you it go. already. Yeah. <laughs> you almost sound like a couple of characters from Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. No, uh, no. See, I, I, yeah. I'm not going for Fat Albert. I'm going for Kit. We're not talking about what you're going for. We're talking about what you got. I'm, what I've <laughs> devolved into. What yeah. you sound like? Old we're old we're Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can like, you imagine how much weirder I'm going to get in the next 20 years? No. <laughs> well. It is a fear of mine. If anyone is going to find out, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just say yes, I see Deb, his mother. Yes, you have great taste. And I, and I get afraid. <laughs> I'm like this all the time.